Welcome to Free Fall RC Podcast. Sorry about that, guys. Come on, come on, come on, come on, all that shit. What? Not recording. It's working. All right, let's start this. Forty minutes later than usual. You guys ready? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Welcome to another episode of Free Fall RC Podcast. I'm Steve, and here with me is Kevin. Hey, guys. Returning host, Chris Reibert. What's up? And Anthony Garcia. Hey, what's going on? Today's episode 13, we'll be talking about the world of scale RC model helicopter builds. How's everyone been? Good, man. Yeah? Yeah. Cool. Kevin, why don't you start it off? Okay. What I've been up to? Been very busy. Once again, two weeks in a row, very busy. Uh, this week, uh, I got to work on my Dollar Tree foam board Corsair that Alp had plans for. I think I've posted some pictures uh, on yeah, Instagram. Man, that, looks, that looks amazing. Yeah, dude, it's coming out like super nice, man. Really nice build. Um, it's basically, it's kind of a simple build, but it's really nice the way he designed a couple of things. I mean, you're basically talking like a box that has formers to make it a round tube. But the tail section, the way he did the elevator and the rudder and the way they kind of connect together, it's so much better of a of a connection than the usual flight test stuff. I don't want to knock flight test, but, I mean, he has two tabs for the rudder, and then he has the whole assembly kind of, like, locks into place, more or less, yeah, into, the, nice. into the fuselage, yeah, and then into, like, notches in the formers. So, so it's, like, all keyed in, huh? Yeah, exactly. So oh, it's, cool. yeah, it's really, really decent build. And I'm kind of taking my time because I'm adding crazy stuff to it. I'm putting retracts in it and uh, the tail wheel that's steerable. And um, I just, we'll see what happens, you know? Yeah, you could have fooled me because, I mean, every day it's like a new picture of it, like getting more and more done. Yeah. Yeah, it's been, it's been a lot of fun, man. And even the, the turtle deck, like the covering, there's obviously on this plane, there's a lot more than your regular flight test covering so there's like four parts to it and even that was pretty much you know spot on i kind of had to make them about a quarter of an inch larger because i think because the way i trace and cut out the foam that was that much bigger surface area so uh but it worked great man it's uh it's been a lot of fun i've been really uh really enjoying the build and, and putting it together kind of excited to like work on stuff and do different things and uh I'm not sure what kind of motor I'm gonna put in it though yet. Um, I want to do the, you know, the the scale look prop, you know, the, the four bladed prop and. Okay. I'd I'd like to do that, um, but I'm not sure what what size motor. I think I'm gonna do at least, at least 480. Yeah, I would. Yeah, but don't go too powerful because then you might get that dreaded like torque, you know, roll kind of deal when you try to take off. Yeah, true. I don't know. Maybe I'll then I'll start. I don't know. I definitely want to go low KV because I'll probably be doing, like I said, the scale prop. Um, mm-hmm. But we'll see. We'll see what I start out with. Maybe I'll start with 425 or something or 450 probably. Cool. Whatever I have in the Mustang because the Mustang moves out, you know. Right. So, so I'll probably do something like that. And it was cool because um, I posted some pictures on the flight test fan groups and uh, a couple guys commented. Brian Meyer had and I talked back and forth about testing the wing and stuff and once he you know saw the retracts and how how, you kind of have to cut the spar completely out almost to sink them in there 
and I reinforced them with more like foam and and two little pieces of block uh, blocks of wood to to screw the retracts to. He was like, you know, I'm concerned that the the wing's gonna lose, you know, stability and all that stuff, and and uh, so he gave me some tips on how to how to check that out, and it checked out okay, it you know checked out fine, so it shouldn't be a problem. Nice. So uh, I'm looking forward to uh, to testing that out, man, and and flying that. And then so we got together on Sunday at the farm, uh, not at the farm, at the uh, what's the farm? The Heavenly Farms, yeah. Well, it's our alternate field again. Um, I got to fly the uh, the Oxy and the 380 and the FT Arrow FPV, which was which was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. We did. They had some slalom stuff set up, and you know that was that was kind of fun. But uh, I was kind of looking forward to getting some time in on the helicopters and stuff like that. So yeah, so we kind of walked down and did did a uh, did our own thing for a while. But the FPV on the Arrow was was actually pretty cool. In my camera, I definitely want to change that out because the field of view is kind of narrow, and it's a little too narrow. <laughs> and it's kind of, I don't know, it needs some image stabilization. You know, it's kind of like just a little jittery. You know, not not what I was, not what I thought it was going to be. But I guess I shouldn't have thought it was going to be anything more than jittery being a small, you know, plane and stuff like that. And then Monday, I did some more on the Corsair. I got a couple more power supplies I'm ripping apart. I think I'm going to wind up buying a Home Depot case for it. Nice. And I've been in touch with you guys and stuff like that about different things. About the power supply and stuff like that. And the charger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's about it, man. Been been busy. Been a lot of fun. Yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah. Man, a lot of stuff. Nice. Kevin, Kevin, you still got my address, right? Yeah. Send me that Corsair when you're done with it, would you? Okay. <laughs> I was actually building two of them. I cut two of the formers out. There's 11 formers per plane. I cut, you know, two sets, and I was going to build another one and build just a blue one, and I don't know what I was going to do with that. Give it to Steve or give it to somebody. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm still amazed at how it's coming out, man. For a foam plane, it's, it's looking killer. Dude, yeah, yeah, totally. You can build and give it to me. All right, give it to Anthony. I got that one to Anthony. I'm gonna fly it this weekend. The the Explorer. That's all ready to go. And um, if we were back at the farm, man, be cool to check that out there. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, I guess I'll go real quick. I don't really have that much. Um, so I worked on a. I got at the Ram Show. I picked up a Hive two ten, uh, quad. So I just kind of messed with that a little. Uh, the guy that we bought it from, Anthony. You remember that he had like a he painted the edges. Yes. So I wanted to do something similar to that. And, you know, I didn't really have any paint that would work. But I was like, ah, my girl got purple nail polish. Let me run run some of that through. Nice. It actually came out pretty, you know, okay. I mean, you know, it's a nice little accent to the, uh, you know, just to the black uh, carbon fiber frame. So I did that. Um, I flew on Sunday. Uh, It was fun. I definitely had a really good time. Uh, I pushed myself to do to try half pyro flips on the Goblin 570 KC and the 700 competition. And I didn't crash. Not going to win on those, you know, so that was good. Um, I tuned the tail a bit more on the 700, just kind of trying to turn the gains up because I feel like it kind of drifts a little. Um, turned down the cyclic gain a little bit more because I'm still getting a little bit of wobble. I'm not sure why I'm getting that, and I don't know if it's mechanical or if it's uh, something with the V control. I just need to kind of tune better. And let's see, I, I crashed the uh, Oxy-3 K3 
you. Yeah, so I was, uh, you know, I was kind of standing there with Rick and Kevin, and I'm like inverted. I'm like, let me cut some grass, you know, lower, lower. There's a couple times where like I snipped the grass and I kind of pushed out of it, and then you know I was just kind of trying to see if I could uh, sit there inverted, like just cutting the grass, you know, and, and just feel that really the grass is like a couple inches. They're not. It's not long in any manner, but um, yeah. And then I just, I guess I just kind of dumb thumbed it a little and went a little too low, and vroom, there goes the uh, all the spindles, uh, stripped on spindle gear. <laughs> yeah, you were uh, kind of like bouncing it up and down. Yeah, and it was just like one time too low. Yep. Um, Dude, not, you know, no real not, damage though. You know, it's you know, like, you can't you can't do that at our, our field once the summertime comes. Yeah. There's like no grass there. It's all like twigs and stuff. <laughs> twigs plus like when the weeds really start growing, it's just gonna get tangled up. Oh my god! Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I and then my only, only other thing I have is I finished my V control DIY case. Basically, that case cost me nothing. <laughs> I'm really happy the way it came out. It I think it looks really good for, uh, you know, just doing it myself using. The foam that I had, <laughs> you know, in the case I got free. So um, I'm pretty happy with that. Yeah, man, that thing came out nice. It's a Pelican it. case, right? Mm-hmm. It's a Pelican 1450. Um, it fits just right. I have a little slot for my uh, my uh, battery tester or checker. And then I have six slots for uh, 1300 milliamp batteries for the Oxy put in there. Um, and then one little slot for the uh, the next strap. So it's real nice. Uh it still smelled like paint when I brought it to the field, <laughs> but uh, I hope it's aired out by now, so it's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, Chris, what you been up to? It's been a really busy past week and a half for helicopters. The Oxy-3 Stretch that I bought from Anthony showed up. Um, nice. Put seven tuning and 3D flights on that last week. That crashed Oxy-255 I bought for the night build showed up. I completely broke it down, every screw, every bolt. Built that from the airframe up, so that's ready to go. Um, I've got all the electronics for it. Just need some time to put that together and then start, you know, working on my night assembly. And then this past Sunday, my dad and I went out, put a bunch more flights on a cube, uh, probably seven more flights on a stretch. And then my last flight, doink, I put it in. Oh, bum 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 bum. So I, <laughs> so I always fly with a canopy. But it was, it was my last flight of the day, and I think I jinxed myself by saying, yeah, let's have my last flight and not another flight. And uh, I was just flying with a 3S pack, and I was just out there having a fun sport flight, kind of flying it like an airplane. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my timer goes off. I'm coming to land, and I, I don't know why, but about 10 feet off the ground, I went out to perform a, um, a pirouetting funnel. And without the canopy on it, I just lost orientation. I don't know what I did, but I drilled it in full negative. And uh, – Busted her up pre- pretty good with all my axes at home and my spare parts. Um, I had it back together in about 20 minutes. I'm just waiting on blades and a few of the head parts that Anthony hooked me up with. And then like you guys, right now I'm staring at a brand new oxy box sitting here on the table. My Trek edition finally showed up. Nice. Um, so the, this week or this weekend, I'll start the unboxing build video on that. So that nice. is my week. Anthony, what have you been up to, buddy? Oh, man. You know, going back to your story, though, um, you did save one thing on that oxy, and it was the canopy. 
since she flew it out. Because the other seven flights, I had a brand new sport canopy I had oh, on. So, yeah. Man. Yeah, so it's a good thing. It's a good. You, you're getting those new ones, too, coming in. So, good thing it wasn't one of those. Yeah, and, and I had fun. You know, I had fun. It flew great as a stretch, and I liked it. But the Trek Edition's a stretch. So, with the spare parts I have, I'm just putting it back to a standard Oxy. That way, between a Cube... The night oxy and this oxy that I got from you, Anthony, I have three standard sides that can all share the same parts, and I'll have the truck stretched to play with. So, oh, nice. It's nice. what it is. There you go. Well, as for me, I I've been doing a little bit of here and there, of a mixture of everything. I haven't been flying much helis, dog. I, sad yeah. to say. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, sad to say. Um. I got into uh, into quads, FPV quads, and I wanted to give that a try. And um, I bought a cheap quad off of an old friend of ours that moved away for like 50 bucks and uh, just to see how it was. And I tried it one time, and I actually liked it. So then um, I spoke with a, a member of our club, Rich, and I asked him, you know, put one together for me, like as, as far as like a budget build, and forget about it. He went way over my budget. <laughs> and uh built me this one man that it's like i think it's too too much for me but um it's a blast i've been having fun with it you know it, it takes a little bit a little bit of, to get used to it you know what i mean because i've never done fpv before and um right. but it's a blast and it's a lot cheaper to crash than an oxy because <laughs> you're only breaking blades you know what i mean there's like two or three bucks you know but um other than that i've been doing since i sold chris my oxy i've i've been doing a lot of swimming and uh getting better um i have a Tariq edition here that i started building today um sad to say though that i was hoping for the x nova motors to come out and they're supposed to come out this week and Turns out they've been pushed back now to until middle of April or something like that. Oh wow! So gotta wait a little bit longer. For for the meantime, I'm gonna use the Lynx motor that I have with it, and that's pretty much it. I mean, nothing new. I mean, I picked up a hive at the Ram Show along with you, um, mm -hmm. getting some components together to do that, and continue doing some more FPV. So, Anthony, what made you sell your Oxy to Chris? I crashed it. Oh. <laughs> I thought that was bad. I didn't think you were serious, man. No, no. What ended up happening was um, I sold it to Chris because I got the Tariq edition. Okay. But then after I got the Tariq edition, I'm like, oh, I really wanted a cube. So I'm like, I can't put a cube on a Tariq edition. It's going to look stupid. Yeah, so, yeah. um. Or I should say Tarek edition. Sorry, Chris. <laughs> so then I went and uh, ended up buying another stretched one. And I'm going to put the cube on that. So I'm going to have a stretch cube. And then I'm going to have the Tarek edition, which is also stretched. So Nice. So, yeah, yeah. I, I feel left out, man. I don't have a Tarek. You guys, I feel like that was that show we, were, we had when we were kids. Sesame Street, one of these things is not like the other. Oh that, yeah, that was, that's me. Yep, Kevin, that's the key true. word is not yet. I don't have one yet. <laughs> yeah, he'll he'll oh, get one. Yeah, you gotta get one. It looks so cool. 
I haven't Dude. even put mine together. Just looking at the parts. Oh, it looks I'm, so I'm just psyched about the sport, man. I just want to go out and bang that around. <laughs> Dude, I, I had the 180 in my driveway. My driveway like, can hold maybe four cars, like two two alongside and two, you know, four by four in like a cube. Okay. Or two by two in like a cube. I was in my driveway with the 180 earlier today and I was I flipped it upside down and I was flipping it back. And I, it was getting hairy and I was like, yeah, I better stop. I'm going to put this thing in the tree. Oh man! I hope just screwing around. No, there was no cars. Well, my Jeep is, <laughs> but I I had it backed up a little bit, and my neighbors think I'm insane. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I started building mine today, and it's pretty much done. I just need to put the electronics in it. Nice. What are, what are you going for as far as servos? I'm gonna go with the MKS, the HB93s with the HB93i tail. Mm-hmm. Cool. Nice. I'm gonna use a Hobby Wing. 50 amp ESC and of course the Neo fly barless unit. Nice. So can't wait. You know what's funny, guys, is um I started trying to push the the tail belt through the through you know through the boom. Uh-huh. Here we go. Oh, man. <laughs> it was it was kind of hard. You know, I was using a barbecue skewer to push it through, and I'm like, what the heck? And all of a sudden the tail push rod popped out. <laughs> Did that happen? That happened to you too, huh? Dude, it was funny though because um, it was kind of tight. Oh, but you weren't flying it at the time. No. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know how the heck you got your tail belt through there with Dude. the push rod in there. It's crazy. I have no clue, man. It just went it, right. I, it's, I've said it a million times. It just now, went right through like it was nothing. Steve, you had to use something to push it through as well, right? Yeah, I use a wire with a hook on it. Yeah. What about you, Chris? I use a small coat hanger. What the? How did this guy manage to get that tail belt through with nothing? I don't know, but Kevin. I'm gonna I'm gonna try it again on the sport. <laughs> Kevin, was it wasn't it in the package like all of ours, or was it just by itself? Yeah. No, no, it was, no, it's, it's in the plastic. There was plastic there. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I don't know. Oh man. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> Dude, it was so funny, though, because I'm, like, pushing this through, and I'm like, why is this so hard? And all of a sudden, at the other end, it's like, the tail push rod pops out, and yep. immediately, who did I think of? <laughs> Me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Was that so was funny. so messed up, because I was coming out of the 450s, the flybarred 450s at that point, and I was like, I get all this stuff together with the icon and all the good stuff on it, and I'm, I take it up, and I'm like, this freaking tail ain't holding just like those 450s. I was like, what the hell? And then Steve was like, I don't know, man. Maybe, you know, try adjusting gains. We're adjusting gains and gains, and then uh, and then on the one time I come down and he finds it. Uh, well, I was so happy he found it, though, because <laughs> A, I didn't wreck, and B, right. it did fly a lot better without that in there. Yeah, it was yeah. perfect after that. It's been great, yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. All right, so let's go into our main topic, because I think it's going to be a little bit of a long one here. Cool. So, yeah, let's talk about scale helicopters. Um, so if you're looking to start scale, your first scale machine, you know, where do you start? You know, what do you buy? What size do you choose? Right, we got Chris here. He's a, a professional, I would say, in this uh, topic. You know, so we got some questions for all of us and more. Uh, Chris, why don't you tell us a little about your experience with uh, scale, scale builds over the years? Yeah, absolutely. This one kind of, I hold this one near and dear to my heart. 
the past three seasons I was doing scale. Kind of stepped away from it at the end of the last season, um, just focusing on the smaller stuff I can fit in the trunk of my car now with the kids, but definitely had fun with it for a few years. It all started back in late 2011, early 2012, um, when I was flying, you know, the line models like the Flybar, you know, T-Rex, you know, 450, 500. I stopped at my local hobby store like I did every weekend, and they had one of the 450, uh, 450 size scale MD500 fuselages on this shelf and was zero experience, never, you know, ever doing a scale helicopter build before. Spending $80 on a fuselage, you know, to do an experiment was a no-brainer. Um, so I got that, flew it for a few weeks, really enjoyed it. And then around that same time, back in the early days of RC Heli Nation, I think it was episode 14, Scale Away With Me. They're talking mm-hmm. about one of the guys, the pilot for RC Aerodyne was on there. He's talking about, you know, scale helicopters and their KS line helicopters. Mm-hmm. So I got in touch with Cliff, the owner of RC Aerodyne, about a week later. And after months of testing their KS line helicopters and reviewing a lot of their, their stuff for them, I became a factory pilot for them. Awesome. And after that, the rest was wow. history. I was, I was with Cliff and RC Aerodyne for close to two and a half, three years. And, and the rest was history. I mean, it set up a chain of helicopters. I think I did 12 or 13 scale builds and reviews for them. Did a bunch of build articles. I did some instruction booklets for them. And I've been lucky enough to build everything, you know, size-wise that RC Aerodyne makes from 250 size uh, scale helicopters all the way up to their 800 size. Wow. So a question about the chaos line, is that like a scale heli specific or is it, you know, a normal pod and boom that you convert? No. So the, the chaos line, Cliff at Ars Herodyne, when he, he started getting the scale stuff, he knew people needed a donor helicopter and a T-Rex was a great donor helicopter. Problem was the price tag. And when you build a scale helicopter, you know, 20 to 30% of the helicopter comes off for a scale build. You don't need the skids the boom supports, you don't need a canopy. So I don't know what factory he dealt with, but he came out with a KS line of helicopter, which was basically a high-end clone. Um, you know, it's not like the HK Hobby King craft. This was a really nice high-end clone at a fraction of the cost. So it was the same. Everything was one-for-one one compatible with the T-Rex if you wanted to use different parts. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just it was a, a clone at a, at a cheaper cost. And I, I, every one of my scale helicopters, except for the bigger super scale series we'll get into, had a chaos inside it. So it was very affordable as a donor helicopter to put inside a scale okay. fuselage. Oh, cool. So what, like, actually defines a scale model helicopter? And how is it different than your standard pot and boom or 3D helicopter? Not huge differences. Um, the two are you know, pretty close, but a little bit different. Basically, if you have a flying 250 to 700 size uh, 3D pod and boom helicopter, mm-hmm. it makes for a perfect donor helicopter. You know, flying 3D, you know, you've got higher rates, higher head speeds. Right. Basically, you just take your sport flying helicopter, you're toning down the head speeds, you're adding a lot more expo, lowering the rates, and by doing that, you're giving it more of a realistic sound. You don't need, you know, if I don't know if Anthony remembers when I'm flying a scale helicopter, you know, your, your, your stick movement, you're really never leaving center stick because the inputs are very little so there's there's not a huge difference you're just changing a few things i know a lot of guys they'll go with a lower kv motor and they'll, they'll go mm-hmm. with like a higher battery cell count to reduce the heat and you know double their their flight times okay oh, okay that makes sense so uh where does someone you know who wants to start out you know think about their first scale build like 
there's a bunch of different companies out there. Heli Artist is one from overseas. Some guys do the really big, you know, three, four thousand dollar scale builds like Sandy Jaffe that take, you know, a whole season or two to build. I've only ever dealt with the Align one that the hobby store had, and Align only did those for about a year or two. So my experience, I can only talk came from our Sierradyne, mm-hmm. but basically it's scaleflying.com. I mean, they've got everything you want from you know basic clear coat um, fuselages, painted fuselages. Um, they've got the 470, 700, and 800 size super scale helicopters, which uh, come in our form. And they have a bunch of different sizes and price options. You know, as far as fuselage sizes, they start off at the 250, and depending on paint scheme, the 250 size you can get for 50 to 70 dollars. The 450 size ranges between 60 to 100 dollars. Your 500 size, 100 to 500 dollars. Your 600 size jumps up to around 200 to 700, um, wow. and then your 700 size jumps between four and 500 dollars. So those are your basic fuselage only. No mechanics, no electronics. Mm-hmm. You're just buying a shell, and you're putting your T-Rex or you know clone-style helicopter inside it. And then about a year and a half ago, they came out with the Super Scale series, and we'll talk more about that. And they came in. They come in a 470 to 800 size, and they range between $400 to $2,300, depending on you know what model you go with. Wow. So the Super Scale. Just curious. Um, is that like? different between scale because like i see some scale helis and you don't really see a cockpit you actually look inside and you see the you know the uh transmission and the motor and the battery and stuff and then like there's ones that are like you see a full cockpit all the uh, transmission the you know the mechanical stuff is all hidden is that what is the difference is yeah it's 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 all the bells and whistles for a pretty inexpensive price without seeing any of the mechanics because with the standard fuselage if you're leaving the windows clear smoke, you're going to see the mechanics. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no way to hide it because your, right. your donor air for, your donor helicopter is sitting right inside. So I used to just paint my windows black because I didn't want people to see the, the mechanics. Mm-hmm. But Super Scale Series, there's some cool features we'll talk about with those. Cool. Are these all aligned track type clones that they use You know, mainly for these things or – do they just it doesn't matter you could use it doesn't matter when, I, when i'm saying 250 to 700 size whatever you have that's t-rex kind of equivalent so like i've seen guys put blade 450x's in them um copter x and we'll kind of get into what you have to build but it's they come with riser blocks so you can't like so anyone want to get their feet wet i'd say basically start with a 450 or 500 mb 500 those are the easiest scale builds to do um, out of all my builds, they're definitely one of the easiest to retrofit any existing machine into. All the fuselages include wooden riser blocks that you actually assemble per your airframe. And okay. it, basically you're rising or lowering your mechanics to align in the fuselage. And then RC Aerodyne, they offer a bunch of scale fuselage that actually incorporate the raised tail, like the EC-145, the Huey, okay. um, the Blackhawk. And they actually include the tail boom, the belts, and angled mounts. To go oh, with, nice. they'll convert your, you know, T Rex 450 over to it. So, you know, when I when I first started off, you know, I started off with just a 450 Align uh, mm-hmm. fuselage. Then I jumped to the R Zero Dyn MD 500, and then within weeks later, I jumped up to a 500 size EC 135, and then right after that came the Bell 700. So I got hooked really quick. Wow, cool. Sounds, so, mm-hmm. sounds like me with my goblins. <laughs> when he got hooked really quick yeah yeah you mean the goblins (laughs) you're selling you're going to be selling to all of us yeah 
<laughs> and now and now your investment into uh, multi rotors. Nah, man, I'm not getting. I'm not getting rid of all of them. I'm just gonna trim down my fleet. Nah, nah. Of course. Um. All right. So, what type of options can builders choose to add to their scale machines? Just like the scale airplanes, it's it's pretty much endless. RC Aerodyne and a bunch of other you know companies that are similar, they sell a bunch of scale options for your model that you can choose from. You can build your own. You know, the scale fuselage alone come equipped with a lot of cool features. They've got raised body rivets. Mm-hmm. Some of them have working doors, you know, scale cable cutters, exhaust vents, antennas, cockpits. They all come with water transfer decals. Um, some of the features I like to add when I did all my builds was almost all of them got LED position lighting, you know, LEDs, yes. you know, green and red for this side or landing lights or strobe lights. Nice. Um, I added some pilots to mine. A couple of my MD500s put the scale four or five blade rotor heads on them. I went as far as spray paint like exhaust residue down the top of the tail boom. Nice. Um, and then the coolest feature I noticed at the hobby store one day was I kind of got myself into this thing called flocking. And flocking, you're taking – it's almost like this dusty powder, and it's a way to velour the seats to give it a fabric look. So I think it was oh, my wow. – what was it? I think it was my Bell 470 – one of the super scales, I want to take it one step further. So if you open the doors and looked in there, they looked like real velvet seats because they had texture to them and they were like soft, which was really cool. Nice. So wow. You, I've seen some guys, you know, put in like fake fire extinguisher. They pinstripe the seats. One guy did um, snakeskin down his seats. I mean, oh, wow. It, it's it's like Jeez. you guys with your F. It's like Kevin, especially with his FT machines. You know, if you got the brain and you got you got the want and will. It's, it's endless. I mean, you can go down to the smallest details. Like Sandy Jaffe, you know, his, with his scale machines, I mean, the, his numbers match the real Mercy Flight helicopters. And it's, it, it's really cool what you can do with these things. We saw one at the Ram show that had, it looked like they had working gauges and everything in the in the cockpit. I mean, it was, the cockpit looked realistic. Oh, that was the, uh, the Coast Guard one. Yeah, yeah. The big one, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I took a picture of that one. Yeah, I'll have to post a picture, man, because we got right in there to take a look. I know that they've done that with the airplanes. Like, they, mm-hmm. they'll have actually working gauges, and they'll throw them in there. I don't know who's seeing them, but... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I've seen, you know, on YouTube, of course, big turbine RC helicopters, I've, you know. But my question is, with the um, the smaller ones, like the ones that you've built, can they do nitro as well? Yes. So the the 600 size, um, like the MD500s and stuff, those are for 50 size nitros or 600 size electrics. So they can go either way. Oh, cool. Nice. I've, I've been wanting to kind of figure out a way to fit an Oxy in them, but the Oxy is such an odd size. You know, it's not a 250, it's not a 450. So they right yeah. now they don't really make it in between size. Unless we can stretch an Oxy, I can't really see that feasible. But what's great about if you're just starting out and you want to get into a scale helicopter, I mean, literally, if you have a 250 to 700 size machine, you chop off a few parts and you can have it flying in a scale fuselage, you know, in a weekend. And you don't have to change anything but lower your head speed and add a little expo, which is cool. Yeah, I have a 450 uh, fuselage that has the wooden blocks. I I kind of started it, but I got hung up and never finished it it's still just hanging on my wall in the garage and so i'm glad we're doing this podcast because i'll probably ask you a few questions when you're when we're all said and done about uh where i should go next 
Yeah, 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 definitely. We'll go over some points I want to hit, and if you have questions, you know, ask me. As far as you know, some building tricks go. Center of gravity on these can be really tricky depending on where you put your batteries because a lot of the ones you're not using an existing battery tray to the old helicopter. You might put them in like the bottom of the fuselage. So I found out the best way to achieve center of gravity is I bought a box of these wheel weights from like a mechanic shop. I think they're like nine grams. And mm-hmm. uh, that or sometimes before I bought those, I was actually putting BBs. So I'd, I'd hold the helicopter up. I add BBs to the front. And once I liked where the center of gravity was, I just epoxy them in with five-minute epoxy. Yeah. And another cool build trick, building those risers, you don't want to use super glue. You want to use, you know, five-minute epoxy. And to, you know, to strengthen those riser blocks even more, once I did a five-minute epoxy, I'd actually wrap them in um, dryer sheet, and I'd uh, super glue and epoxy those in to make them extra strong. Because I actually had some of the riser blocks peel up before from the vibration because, oh, I mean, you're taking a wow. 3D helicopter. You're shoving it in a scale fuselage that's sitting on your wooden riser blocks. You, you don't mm-hmm. have the boom supports anymore. So down at the end of the tail boom in the fuselage, there's a, they always had a rubber, kind of like a rubber O-ring that mm-hmm. would, or a foam, foam, foam O-ring that would go over your tail boom. But still, without supports, you still get a lot of vibration and resonance going through that um, fuselage. So there's definitely some you know, tips and tricks on how to get it all so the thing doesn't fall apart in midair. Right. Nice. Right. Um, I'm interested in the super scale stuff. Is you know, so tell us more about that. Super scales are awesome. That was probably the last year and a half of my uh, scale career was the super scales, and I mean they're they're cool. They take the guesswork out of building a scale model helicopter, but they still feature all these huge you know quality and details you expect to come out of a model helicopter. Mm-hmm. Um, and our Sierradyne, they still offer them in three different sizes. And actually, yeah, two twice today, two different guys I was helping on the forums. One guy's building a 470 size Bell 407, and another guy's building a 700 size Bell 429. So I'm still answering you know half a dozen questions each week with the people who are buying these and building these. So RC Aerodyne offers them in three different sizes. You've got the 470 size, which is basically it's a 450 size mechanics helicopter, but it's a 470 size because once it's in the fuselage, it kind of stretches everything. They've got a 700 size, a 800 size, and they're full of details inside and out. The models come basically 90% pre-assembled, and you can have these things in the hour. You can have these things in the air in a matter of four to six hours, where if it was a ground kit up where you're painting and doing this and doing that, right. some people spend you know, a whole season working on these things. Jeez. And what makes these different than a standard, you know, throw a airframe inside a fuselage is how they design these. And basically the super scale, the mechanics are hidden. So just like a real helicopter where, mm-hmm. you know, your motor, your engine and all the, all the mechanics of the helicopter is up in what they call the doghouse. This is built the same. So, whether it's the Blackhawk or the Bell 429 or the 407, you look at the helicopter, you're not seeing any mechanics. They're specially designed to be up in a doghouse. And the mechanics, they use a two-stage transmission, which you know not only is extremely efficient, but it's reliable and you, know, you can have longer flight times. So the Bell 470, they fly off a 6S uh, setup. And then the 7 and 800 size are designed around a 10 to 12S setup. Um, okay. And all the gear ratios have been calculated for the multi-blade rotor head. Because other than the Cobra, the Bell 429 is a four-blade head, four-blade tail. The AS350 is a three-blade head, two-blade tail. So all the gearing and ratios have already been uh, figured out for you. And what's cool about these things, you know, being 90% you know, pre-assembled, the mechanics basically, 
the gearing's in there, everything's loctited, the head's built. So you're just installing your electronics on your scale mechanics, you know, installing them into the helicopter, screwing down the blocks, setting everything up, and going out and flying it. The, the tough thing about the mechanics being in it that are hidden, you can't test fly the mechanics like you could if it was a T-Rex model. Mm-hmm. So for that, you know, I would fly those like the, the main cabin off, right? Had the doghouse off so I could get to all the, the mechanics or if I had to do fly barless tuning. So getting it set up and flying is a little tricky because you're not flying it naked. But really, it doesn't take that long. I think the Bell 429, I had to think in the air in like six hours. Um, oh, wow, nice. Some wow. other cool features about the Superscale line, not only does it look real, but they they all come with pre-installed LED position lighting system. They all have the scale uh, rotor heads. They've got painted main and uh, tail blades, carbon fiber. All the doors are hinged. They have body rivets. Everything's painted. The, the, so the cockpit and the dashboard, the instruments look real. And I think that, um, what is it, the Airwolf and a few other ones actually have a backlit LED dashboard. So the gauges light up, which is really nice, sweet. Nice. Um, That's cool. Cable cutters, antennas, you name it. And they, and they offer it in a bunch of different packages. Like the little 450, no, 470. So the little 470 Bell 407 and the AS350, they come in an R form. So, you know, almost ready to fly. You install your own electronics. And they also sell a package with with electronics where all you need is your radio. You know, came with a flight controller, came with a battery, the servos, uh, motor. And then uh, the 700, 800 size, they're all fuselage airframe kind of only and you can buy an additional electronics package okay so wow it's what's nice about the 470 size is it just uses basic you know budget build servos so you can you can build the 470s you know kind of cheap or you know you can use the high-end stuff it's whatever you want to do um it's much cost effective you know to do a cheaper build but when once you get up in a 7 800 size you want you know quality stuff you don't want any glitches or anything like that all right now, 470, does that use the Trex? Is that, is that the based on the 450? No. So it's, it has its own mechanics. So when you buy one of the Super Scale series, it's a fuselage with their own built-in mechanics. Oh, had, okay. You know, I mean, the thing's detailed out the wazoo. It's got its own mechanics. It's, it has its own blades. So basically, you're just adding your electronics, and you're building it. Wow. Okay, yeah. That would make sense because you have no room for it with all the the detail work inside right right having a cockpit i'm curious you know most real helicopters they actually spin the other way compared to our uh, 3d helicopters or so is that the case with this scale rc helicopters do the blades spin i guess if you're looking down on it uh counterclockwise so if you're throwing in your standard you know t-rex inside a scale fuselage it's going to mm-hmm. spin like a 3d helicopter would yeah yeah but but the super scale series is down yes. to the exact detail so on a, on a bell 429 i had mm-hmm. the four bladed head rotated you know counterclockwise which we're not used to and then the right. tail rotor was actually on the left side right. versus the right side right so it was, okay it, it, it kind of tricked me the first few uh spool ups i had the gyro gain backwards and the throws mm. backwards because everything's different Sure. Um, but once you get it set up, I mean, it's really easy. As cool as the super scale are, if it's your first scale build, I don't recommend it. As though it's you know a lot easier to build. Well, not I want to say easier, but coolness factor, they're great. 
But if you're getting your feet wet for a first scale build, just by a cheap fuselage, taking you know your standard pod and boom that you already have flying, it's much easier and much cost effective to just throw that in the fuselage and kind of get the bug. Once you've flown that a little, as you've seen from me, it's kind of a gateway drug into just buying more and finally dabbling into the super scale world. Yeah, I saw your uh, your Bell video. The uh, the Bell four twenty nine was a, the big the big red and white one. I'll post up pictures and videos on Friday. Yeah, that had the four bladed prop on it. And as to Anthony, you know, it was what size was that? That was six hundred or seven hundred. No, that was seven hundred size. Okay. And um, it was kind of like the goblin mechanics where it had a main motor to pinion to belt, mm-hmm. but then the belt dropped it down to another pinion drive which turned it to torque tube so it's kind of cool that two t- the oh, two wow. stage transmission it started off belted pinion and it dropped it down to a torque tube so hearing all those gears and stuff mesh when that thing spooled up it sounded like a turbine and when it spooled down nice. i mean it, if you watch the videos the, the, the startup and shutdown sounded incredible and some guys go as far as installing the speaker systems mm-hmm. where you can you can choose the helicopter model you're flying and you can get the realistic turbine sound you know startup oh that's nice. cool yeah it did sound like i couldn't tell if it was turbine or not when when you were flying that I, I loved it and a lot of guys have modded them like one of the team pilots i flew with he um he actually took a nitro clutch stack off uh, um off like a t-rex 600 or 700 and he formed his own um frame sides so basically instead of a uh, a direct to motor pinion and belt he had a clutch stack that actually spool up. So when it started up, kind of like my Pantera I just got done with, when he spooled it up, you would hear the motor spool up for a good 20, 30 seconds ah. before the, the blades engaged. And then it wasn't like turning on normal helicopter where the blades start spinning. It was, and, you know, as, as the clutch right, stack right. spun, the blades would slowly start to spool up and the motor got louder and you could actually hear the blades twapping as they got up to head speed so it's you you dream it there's guys out there that custom make their own scale you know the details and what you can do is, is it's awesome it's endless have you seen the video of i think it's a german guy flying that enormous like red bull apache it's oh like, yeah cobra it's a cobra a cobra it's like what scale is that like that's got to be all custom built I mean, that's that's not 800 that's way beyond that that's holy shit! It'd burn a hole in my wallet, big. <laughs> yeah, like that. I think he's custom making his own blades for that. I hope you got rescue on that. <laughs> yeah, it's got the safe on yeah. it. <laughs> so, Chris, since I dabbled in this fuselage deal a couple years ago, and I got to a point where I stopped, I didn't know what to do. Like, do you, did they normally use tail torque tubes, or do they use belts, or does it matter? Can you use both? If it's, if it's just a fuselage, it doesn't matter. So when a T-Rex Pro came out, they weren't the Pro really wasn't built for a scale fuselage because it had a DFC head, so it was a little bit lower. Torque tube was a little bit different. So the fuselage were based off the old school fly bar T-Rex. Um, and I actually rewrote the manual for the MD500 for the 450. It's, it's doable. It's, you just had to use you know higher riser blocks to get the DFC head out of the, the uh, fuselage. It can go either way. I know the fuselages that require like the raised tail, like the Hueys and the Blackhawks, right. you needed to use a belted T-Rex or clone because it came with a longer extended belt and uh, tail boom and angled mounts. 
So for that, you had to go belted. But the other ones, it's pretty much universal. It's just a matter of, like some of them, if you go back old school, it was one of my first scale videos. It was my Bell 206. It was a, new, it was a Channel 9 news chopper. That was What's cool about that is that was actually a 700 size fuselage which allowed me to put a cockpit and canopy and seats in it. But the mechanics were actually a Chaos 600. And what I did was I bought the um, the 700-size Black Widow head, and I bought the 700-size tail boom and torque tube. So I was able to put a 600-size mechanic, stretch it to a 700, and put it in it. And I've seen – I saw watched a video last night. A guy just converted his um, Goblin 570. I saw that. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. He posted yeah. it up without blades on it. So Right, white one. I'm telling you, if you got the brain, you can build it. I know, I think it was, not the Airwolf, I think it was another MD500 I did. I was using one, I think it was maybe the T-Rex Pro. One model, the model was a little bit shorter than the length of fuselage, so I carefully just got my Dremel and took about a half an inch off the fiberglass. So that's what's kind of cool about the scale stuff. It's like you guys with your airplanes. You know, pot and boom. Is a pound boom. Like Anthony said, you, you can put an oxy together in two hours and go fly it. With the scale stuff, you have to be a builder because there's a lot of steps where you have to think about, okay, what am I going to do next? Some of them, I didn't even use the riser blocks. I built my own. It's kind of like a wooden base plate, and I built rails inside. So the helicopter, instead of locking down on the riser blocks, I had this um, – it was a flat plate that bolted to the mechanics of the helicopter – and it would actually slide into the fuselage, and they had four nuts that, or a nut and bolt at each corner to lock it in. So every scale I kind of did differently, and I learned from my mistakes, and I learned you know tips and tricks along the way. So here's my question about the the 450 that I have. Like you said, get a model that's flying, and you know you can take that and put it in a fuselage. So I have a model that's flying. It's either torque tube or belted. How do I get that model? How do I get the tail through that tube? And then get the, the the tail boom still back on there. You know what I mean? So basically what you're doing is you're taking off the entire tail case. So you take off your tail case and assembly. So now you're just left with your front okay. your front airframe, your head assembly, and just the tail boom only. And at the end of that tail boom, you either have a torque tube sticking out of it or you have a belt sticking out of it. Okay. Torque tube is pretty easy. You slide it down and then bolt everything back up. The trick, if you're doing a belted helicopter, because you don't want the belt to spin and lose orientation of how the 90 degree is for it to mm -hmm. line up right. So a trick with that is I put in like a little piece of balsa wood or plastic. I'd wedge it against the outer edge of the tail belt to the um, tail boom, and I'd put a piece of tape over it so the belt cannot change orientation. Slide it down through the fuselage, and then carefully take the tape off and just rebuild the tail case. I came upon a question, you know, all right, it's a it's a belt, and I put it through and get the belt set up, but now how do I tighten the belt back up? But I guess you, you get it to where you have it, and then you don't loosen up that stuff on the body, obviously, because you, you can't get to those bolts exactly. once they're in there. Yeah, even, right. even with a nice tight tail belt, you can take off a tail case. You can take it completely apart and not – Okay. It, it's It's easy. As long as you, the only thing you have to worry about with a tail belt is don't let the belt twist. Because if it twists another full 180 or 90, now right. you might have a twisted belt. And it'll still work. I've flown with twisted belts, and they'll fly, but it's really bad. Yeah. So my other question I had was, you know, when we fly the 3D stuff, and I'm, we you start off with 
your idol up and then stunt one, stunt two. And I guess my question would be on a, on a scale helicopter, you're really not giving it negative. Is that correct? Or do you, yeah, do you there, usually keep it the same? There's a few different things you do. So as far as flight modes go, let's start with head speeds first. So flight modes, there was no normal stunt one, stunt two. I always flew. I never governed mine. I always flew them at flat curves. So for throttle curves, one was more realistic one was for like longer flight time and one was for a higher head speed because like the EC135, I, I used to actually roll, loop, and stall turn. So oh, that, really? That one, nice. was kinda just a, that one was just a 3D KS500 stuck in a fuselage and I beat the snot out of it and had fun with it. But the ones I actually flew scale with, as far as head speeds, I would go like 0 to 70 flat curve, 0 to 80 flat curve, and like 0 to 90 flat curve. So the only thing I really changed there was flight time and sound of what the, the helicopter actually sounded like. Okay. Now, as far as pitch, that's where everybody kind of does it different. With the scale helicopters, they weigh a lot. You know, you're talking anywhere between, you know, five pounds to the Bell 429 all up weight. That was almost 22 pounds. Wow. Oh God. So that's a heavy machine. That was, that was pulling two 6S packs on 12S and then it had a 2200 uh, 3S flight pack, not to mention the mechanics and all electronics and the fuselage. How I always kind of did my scale builds was I added negative five degree pitch because you're always going to need to get a helicopter down if it's windy, right. but you shut a helicopter down, it's coming down because of the weight. So I always set them at five degrees negative. Um, where we're at with our 3D, we've always learned to set up your, your mid stick at zero pitch, different for the scale guys. So you've got negative five, when you go to mid stick, you're already about positive three, positive five. So where we're mid stick on the 3D is waiting to take off, that's my flying stick. And then even at full, so if I got myself in trouble and I need to dump full collective, I only went positive you know, 10 or 11. So negative five, positive 10 or 11 at the top, and then around um, positive five in the middle. So as soon as I took off, once my fingers were at mid stick, that's where I stayed the, 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 all the time. And it didn't matter if it was a 450 or 700 size. Once you just feed it a little bit of cyclic, that thing, the weight just takes it. Oh, I see. So do you mess with your cyclic uh, range too? Or do you leave that whatever? You know, I, left the, I left whatever that. I think when I was doing the, the scale stuff, I was flying like the icons and the B-stacks. And mm-hmm. I just left that at 8 degrees. Um, I did okay. dial the cyclic down a little. So I, I uh, yeah, dialed the cyclic down, set up my pitches and my head speed, and then expo. So expo is a big one. You right. don't want to be tweaking. I mean, like I said, the size of these things, once you feed in cyclic, it's gone. So say a standard setup for me is, say, 10 to 15% expo. I was probably flying these around 20 or 30. So I felt really smooth, you know, kind of farting around flying scale at mid-stick to get it moving faster if I was doing like a high speed pass down the runway, you know, I had to go a good half stick range to get it, you know, moving really fast. Okay. Yeah. I didn't realize that, that with the weight of those, it would carry it. Oh, it, it doesn't take much. And, and flying the scale is really fun. You know, I, I've done 3d for years and sport flying. And mm-hmm. the thing I like about the scale is people can, you know, people watch me fly. I've got more questions when I fly the scale stuff versus the 3D. You know, you go on an average helicopter show, people can only watch a 3D flight so much. It's all the same thing. People are out there stick banging. I think, in my personal opinion, 
I like to stick being and having fun, but it takes more skill and more patience to fly a helicopter like a scale real life helicopter than it is to go out there and, and you know just stick bang and have fun. You know, Anthony was lucky enough to see my new demo with the 429 before I sold it. And my favorite thing to do with that helicopter is I would take off and I would hover all all orientation so that the crowd could take pictures. Um, and I'd go up and down, you know, really low to the field, you know, left and right. And then my favorite maneuver, I'd go down to the far left hand of the field, I'd turn a nose in, and I kind of just yaw all the way down the field, like a five-degree bank angle, all the way down the field. And when I was done flying, I'd go up really high, and I'd come in, I'd come down a little fast, and I'd kind of flare it, and I'd slow my descent really, really slow. I'd hover at the end for a second, set it down, start to back down my RPM, and then hit throttle hold at the very last second. So everything looked and sounded and felt like the real thing. Nice. Yeah, that was amazing. So you don't you don't auto those things when you land like uh what I would guess with the weight, right? Not not unless it's an emergency. Now my buddy, another another team pilot I was flying with, he had um we were testing all the beta stuff before they ever went to market. So that's kind of the cool thing about being a team pilot was I got to like the AS three fifty, the four seventy, I did a lot of testing on that and revamping six months before it went to market. So we got to play with a lot of cool stuff that was just beta testing. And uh, I remember there's some issues with the original pinion where the pinion top was kind of shearing off. It was, it was similar to your um, the goblin pinion where it's got uh, the pinion teeth and then the two spacers on the top and bottom to keep the belt true. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know the first batch he had, the top washer kept coming off, so it allowed the belt to work its way up. And, oh, jeez. Um, yeah, so my buddy's belt worked the way up. You heard the motor because it sheared the belt off. He was a good 30, 40 feet up. He hit throttle hold. He just dumped as much negative as possible. He brought it down, flared it, and, and landed it like a real helicopter. Wow. Wow. So they, they will auto, but you got to make sure you have your negative set up for it. So for me, if I was in an emergency situation, which knock on wood, I never had one, I don't know if five degrees of negative would have built up enough head speed to weight ratio. Right. But really, it's wow. no different. I mean, look at look at my gasser goblin I had. That that was twenty one pounds, and that thing autoed like a, you know, electric six thirty. Hmm. I got another question. The scale fuselage you said comes equipped with. You know, you can get crazy and do a lot of different things. You said cable cutters. What 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 are those? I'll post some pictures on Friday of my helicopters. But if you look at any model scale helicopter or any real one, it's usually coming off the bottom front of the fuselage and the top of the right above the windshield it's for like when the guys are flying real helicopters and say they went too low to a power line what happens is is it's a true cable cutter so say you're flying too low and there's power lines the cable would slide up depending on how the real helicopter would have hit the cable that cable is either going to go up or down and what it does is it's a giant blade and it just cuts the cable in half before it grabs the skids or before it grabs the main rotor oh Oh, no kidding i gotta see pictures of that yeah it's oh, it's cool. it's amazing the detail. Public service must love that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the the things I really liked about the the seven hundred size and it, it, especially to what grabbed the the because I'd have people coming out after I was flying taking pictures with it. Their kids were taking pictures with it. The cool thing was the detail because literally you had these little door handles, these little plastic door handles, and they had these little plastic hinges. So you turn the, the handle ninety degrees. And the doors all open up like a real door. And then on the AS350, it had two side cargo doors. So the door would pop out. It was magnetically held. It'd pop out and slide back six inches, just like a cargo door. Wow. Um, 
and they're all a little bit different. The the 470 size super scale had a battery latch on the bottom to take your battery out. The big AS350 and a little AS350, the, actually the whole front cabin. So you're pulling off this windshield with like this cabin and all the seats. So that came right off and your battery sat right inside it. Um, and then the Bell 429 was a little bit harder to get to the batteries. You basically open up the two side doors, you reach in there, and there's like this little console in the back seat. It's kind of probably like an armrest in a real one. And you slid it about an eighth of an inch and it unclicked and you'd reach inside there in a two front middle seats. You would lift up and take the entire seat module out of the helicopter. And that's where all the flight packs fit. So not only are the mechanics hidden, but the batteries are hidden. I mean, literally you're looking at seats, the floor and the dashboard and like the little, it even had like the foot pedals. It Mm. had the joysticks. They were really fun. Nice. Now, I know scale, you pretty much always fly upright. Um, but I know you said you mentioned that you did like with your 500, you would do like flips and rolls and stuff. I've been seeing some videos. I mean, just a little bit while back, but the Red Bull, the BO105, the, the crazy guy who does like, you know, loops and stuff with it. Are there any scale helicopters like that that are super scale though? Like, you know, they still have the full detail? In the RC world, you're saying? Yeah. No, no, they, they weren't not, they're not made for 3d. They can't handle the stress. I know, I don't, they still make them, but a few years ago, Mikado, Mikado actually made some scale fuselages. They made MD 500 E's for, I think the logo 600s. And those guys were doing full on, I think it was Kyle Dahl. He was out Uh there pyro flipping and TikTok, and he was doing everything. So I don't know how those were assembled, but I mean, those were taking up the beatings. The only thing I recommend doing any type of mild 3D with was the um, the 500 size AS350 and kind of the catch 20 to cover my butt so it doesn't explode on you. I doubled up the earth magnets on the front canopy fuselage mm-hmm. um, because one day I was flying my I think it was a 450 size MD500. I was doing some stall turns. I said, hey, let me do a loop. A loop doesn't put a b- big stress on it. Well, I forgot how little these earth magnets are. And I got halfway through the loop, and doesn't that front canopy go ejecting through the blades? <laughs> and, it, and it became a little rocket ship of ball of fiberglass and carbon fiber and wood to the ground, and no more scale helicopter. Oh, wow. Um, oh, and the, the AS, no, the EC-135 I had that I did do mild 3D with, you know, loops, rolls, stall turns, I reinforced the heck out of it. So not only did I use a foam spacer for the tail boom, but I put a bunch of uh, like packing foam inside there, mm-hmm. and then inside I reinforced the riser blocks with the dr- dryer sheet and epoxy, and I used um, I probably used I think it was like eight nut and bolts, and uh, and I think it helped hold up to it. I mean I flew that at high you know normal three thousand head speeds of a T Rex five hundred, and you could kind of hear the flexing in the fiberglass on certain maneuvers. I didn't keep that long because the guys who were kind of into the scale world were going to me, what the hell are you doing? A real one doesn't fly like this. Right. And, uh, and that's when I bought my first 700 Scott. That's when I did a news chopper. And that's okay. after that, I kind of went all scale. I said, all right, what can I do to make it look realistic? How can I mm-hmm. revamp my flying to look more realistic? Nice. Does um, Is there any kits out there that, that do the um, kind of like the Eurocopter EC? I think it's a 135. They do the ducted tail. Yeah, I think that's a really yes. cool look. Um, it's it's called a fence fenstron. Uh, okay. Tail. Nothing our Sierra Dyn makes yet. I think uh, Roban, who's 
RC-09 is just a USA distributor of Roband. So any fuselage you buy is from Roband helicopters. And okay. I know about a year ago they were talking about it. I don't know if it ever hit market right now. They're actually working on an um, Osprey, the, the two-engine Osprey like our military flies. Oh, wow. So I know they're working on that. And they want to do the fence ram tail for a while. Now, as far as the scale world, I have seen it. I don't know if it was Sandy Jaffe or somebody else, but somebody had it in a turbine helicopter. They had wow. the fence ram tail. Um, Sandy Jaffe, he's known for his two notars. They're some type of MD Hughes helicopter. And his were turbine, and he had to note, they're called notar, which stands for no tail. So right. basically what it was is you just had this like little nipple of a tail where there should be a mm-hmm. tail rotor, and it had a vent on it. And how he controlled his yaw was he had a servo that would move this vent, and it was just the exhaust from the turbine would blow out, and that's how he did his tail rotor control. And, it's, and it was it was awesome. It sounded so cool. Oh, I bet. That's crazy. Wow. So you guys... He's he's been to all thirteen of our helicopter jamborees. So when you guys come out, you're guaranteed to at least see one turbine. I think uh, Anthony saw it. He had yeah, that, I think I saw it. It was a scale llama, so it looks like the mm-hmm. helicopter from Mash. Yep. Um, oh, nice. And he goes to, like he's so like anal about his stuff, which is cool. Like before he even flies it, he goes through like a good five ten minute. He does a safety check. He wiggles all the parts. Mm-hmm. Um, he lets a turbine spool up and and warm up the engine. And even when he lands. It goes to like a five-minute shutdown, um, cooldown sequence. Nice. And, and it smells like pure jet fuel. It runs off 100% kerosene, I think. Oh, sweet. Nice. So so the Notars, those are like, I think I, I think LA was using that with their, as their police helicopters, right? Like the silent helicopters? Yep. Or the more quieter, I would say, I guess. So yeah, it, it, looked, it, silent. it looked very similar to MD500E. It had mm-hmm. a five-bladed head, had the same skid style and the big bubble fuselage. Sure, okay. And instead of the one vertical fin with a horizontal stabilizer, uh-huh. um, I think it had the dual horizontal stabilizers with a vertical fin on each side. Right. And then where there should be a tail rotor was just like the big nipple sticking out the back. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. So it's just like the LAPD one. That's awesome. Yep. Nice. Do they make the Chinook-style type of fuselage? RC Aerodyne does not. There's a lot of guys flying out there with Chinooks. And there's also... Anthony, did you get to meet Sandy last year at the show or no? The uh, scale guy? No. I, I saw the helicopter. He was all the way towards the... Like, when you're looking at the field, all the way to the far right, correct? Uh, He's usually in the middle or the left. But he had he had a few of them with him. He brought out his, uh, his um, Turbine Llama. The MASH helicopter. Yeah, I saw that one. And then the other one he's flying, which looked similar to a Chinook, it's called a Sea King. So it's just, it, it looks, it looks like a, it, I mean, it looks just like a Chinook, but it's got like military or marine colors. It was like olive drab, like green and orange. What was cool about his, and I don't know if the real Chinook, if I know the one blade rotor is higher than the other. Mm-hmm. With this Sea King he had, they're on the same, I think it's dual motors, but the gearing they're kind of twinned up against each other. So if you look at his, when he turns the rotors, one blade will pass through the other one. So they're timed wow. perfectly on a gearing system. Oh, wow. And and that one sounded really cool. And that was all electric. And then another cool thing he had out there wasn't scale, but he had this big 500 size um, coaxial helicopter. It was just, a, oh, it was just do you, remember. you remember he was talking to yes. us, Anthony? Yes. It was, yes, it, was yes. You, it was you, me, and my father, and he was schooling us on asking us questions, remember? So I, so I did meet him, and he was telling us how is it pitching, and we were all dumbfounded for a good 20 minutes. Yeah, I'm waiting to fly. <laughs> my ba- my battery's in my helicopter because I was spotting for him. 
and he's just schooling us. And I'm like, uh, uh, what? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I remember that. That's, that's Sandy? Yep, Sandy Jaffe. And his son was AJ yeah. Jaffe. Yep. All right, cool. Yeah, that was a nice coaxo. Yeah. Yeah, that was nice. Man, all this talk about scale. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, it's just another yeah. thing to spend money on. Yeah. I actually dabbled in scale, too, um, with a 250 size, and it was a horror show for me. I hated it. <laughs> Nothing lined up. Everything was twisted. Everything didn't fit. I couldn't fit the heli into the um, to the fuselage because of the, uh, you know how, like, the lines have the, uh, kind of like the uh, oxy. They have the tail servo on the. Yeah, on the tail boom. On the tail boom, and yeah. that would just get jammed up. I had to like move it and try to line it up in a certain way to just fit it in there. <laughs> yeah, I don't recommend a 250. Yeah. I don't care if it's an Align or a clone. They all suck. There's yeah. nothing worse than working on a 250. Yes. And if you go through my pictures and find the little Hughes MD500 I had, I never flew it. I bought the fuselage and I bought a clone. It wasn't even a Chaos. It was some clone 250 cliff head. And mm-hmm. I bought it just to assemble it for. It was like total cost was like 150 bucks for the fuselage and the mechanics. Mm-hmm. And um, I just bought it just as a table display, and I ended up selling to a guy for like 100 bucks. But the, where the fun starts is really 450 and up, because that's where you get the yeah. quality 450. You know how it flies. Yeah, fun though. I mean, the, the only reason I walked away from that sponsorship, I mean, that was a full factory sponsorship. And Cliff and I still have a great relationship. He says, you know, open door policy. If I ever want to get back into it, just mm-hmm. give him a call. And the only reason I stepped away from that is it's right before Haley was born, and I knew my time was going to thin. Plus, selling the um, my bigger car and getting down to kind of the economy uh, Chevy Cruze, the mm-hmm. biggest thing I can fit in my trunk right now is a 600. And whenever I'd do the shows or go out and fly those super scales, I had to borrow my wife's truck. And that was fine and dandy when there weren't any car seats. But now if I wanted to go to the field, I have to take out the car seats. So that's the only reason I got out of scale. I had fun for, you know, a good three years. And a Pantera 600 I just finished. Um, I don't know if I sent you guys pictures, but I'm thinking about sticking that inside a 600-size fuselage because that I know I can fit my wife's truck at an angle. So I think this winter, go through the summer, and then I think this winter I might get a fuselage and try to mod because that's the Pantera is okay. kind of close to the size of a 600 electric. Um, so I think it's going to take some fit and finish to get it in there. But I think I'm going to dabble in scale this winter. I have the Bell. I think it's MD 500 style for the 450. I'll probably try and mess with that. But I'm a fan of that Airwolf style. Uh, yeah, yeah, the Bell 222. I did that. I actually did the Airwolf in the 450 size and. I bought it, it was right before Heli Jam, and I wanted to go out there and fly it, and I had two days to assemble it. I didn't have a T-Rex 450, I was using a Chaos 450 Pro, which wasn't made for that, so I had to do a lot of modifications. So unfortunately, it comes with the hinges and the brackets to put in a servo for your reach, even a 450 size came with retracts built into it. Unfortunately, I didn't have time to assemble the retracts, so I just glued them down, but I still did like the black windshield, and then I did LED landing lights, and then where the exhaust would be like in the airwolf i glued in red led so they look like afterburners and it had the missiles on it <laughs> nice they look cool on the ground but the helicopter was horrible in the air because it looked like a black and white killer whale i mean there's no orientation whatsoever when you're flying a black helicopter right i don't need that but nice. if, if you look at the latest issue of uh, the last issue the last issue of rc heli pilot magazine one of our editors 
just built the uh, 800 size super scale for RC Aerodyne. And you're talking about features. That thing came with the retracks. It came with a backlit LED dashboard. So for any of the Airwolf fans out there, definitely check that thing out. I'll have to check that out. And actually, cool. I went as far as when I did my video, you know I added the Airwolf theme song. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it's tempting because it's like it's like eighty nine bucks for the for the fuselage. If you're in this hobby this deep, spending a hundred or two hundred dollars to try a scale, if you don't like it, sell it or throw it out. But we've spent a hundred dollars and worse in this hobby on crappy oh, batteries. Yeah. So I'm telling you, if you're listening to this episode, guys, and you've wanted to try scale for a while, you've got my email, you've got my YouTube channel. Buy a four fifty or five hundred size MD five hundred and go try it out. And I've done a lot of them. I did. You know, the G-Jive, like the blue and the black and the gray MD500s. I've done the red and the white and the silver. What was it? I did, uh, it wasn't the bird dog. It was an MD500. I forgot the name of it, but it was a military one. So it was it was, um, it was that sand color, and it had uh, the camera mount on the front. It had okay. the missile stacks. Nice. They make, they make like... The 250 size, you're only going to get the MD500 in like six color patterns. But then you jump up to a 450, and I think they offer like six or seven different fuselages. And by the time you get up to like the 500 size and above, they offer anywhere between five to probably 12 or 15 different helicopter models in multiple color schemes. Chris, is Chaos still making helicopters? They're still. I checked it the other day before I put this podcast together. They still sell all the Chaos helicopters. I think he kind of got rid of like the 600 Flybard and brought in the, the ones that had the Flybarless uh, Black Widow head, which was like the um, like the track Compass track head. Um, but they okay. still have the the two 450 Pros on there, the Black Widow and the standard 450 Pro. But really, it's not about the K. I mean, it's about the Chaos. If you don't have a donor helicopter, you want something cheap. But look at the price on the fuselages. If you have a 250 to 700 size, just buy the fuselage, and that's all you need to do other than some radio changes with like your head speed and your pitch. Just grab whatever helicopter you have. I think it was Anthony and Steve and I, we were talking to a guy in a for sale form the other day. He was trying to sell a T-Rex 500, and I've been talking to him for the last few weeks. He wanted to buy a super scale. I said, hey, have you done a scale before? He said, no, but I can fly helicopters. Just by talking to him for a few days, I convinced him not to sell his T-Rex 500, and he just sent me a message yesterday. He actually bought a fuselage, so he's going to take his existing 500 he was trying to get a couple hundred bucks for, and he's putting that inside a fuselage, and he said nice. if he likes that, over the winter, he's going to buy a super scale and you know go from there. Wow. And I just saved him a lot of money. As cool as a super scale is. You know, I think the AS350 goes for fourteen to $1,900 just for the fuselage and mechanics without electronics. And then, like, the Bell 429, I think that was, like, twenty two ninety five. So even on a cheaper-end 700, you're spending over, you know, $1,500 before you even get it flying. So I saved this guy a ton of money, but I think I got him in the right direction to start liking scale because he knows everything about his T-Rex 500 he was trying to sell. And literally now he can take his fuselage he bought – and probably have the thing flying in two hours. He doesn't even need to do radio setup. He can fly it like it is as long as he has enough expo. So if, if you wanted to, you know, Kevin, say you had your 450 flying, all you really need to do is probably knock your head speed down by a few curves and then just add some expo to, okay. just to start off. Once you're actually flying it, that's when you can play with how low can I get my head speeds without 
um, you know, cyclic bobbles or without tail wags. And that's what I was doing with a scale. I'd start off at like 70% throttle and I'd play, okay, how high can I go to where it doesn't look realistic? How low can I go but still have full control and not worry about the tail blowing out on a hard, um, you know, like collective pop or something? Yeah, I have these two kits. I mean, one's Hobby King's. It's their GT line or something. It's actually a nice, nice kit. It was, uh, I think, sixty dollars, and uh, it's torque tube. And it, like I said, after putting together one of the EXI kits uh, years ago, and that thing was thirty dollars. I mean, geez, you can't really get much cheaper than that. <laughs> and uh, just the the difference between the two was like night and day. It was so much nicer. He had larger sizes in the Allens and all that stuff um, with the Hobby King one. So I think I'm going to dig that one out. I got it in a box somewhere and maybe I, try that again. I would recommend that for scale, but if we want to jump on to clones for you know two minutes here, I've kind of went around all of them, and that's when I first before the also before the scale thing, you know, one of the team pilots on that podcast one time was talking about the chaos line, and the reason I want to try that and I tested them was I went down the clone route. I was tired of flying all these damn alliance and spending this premium price tag when you know at that time. Raptors were going out and then a line came in. They had a monopoly of the 3D world, so people were paying their mm-hmm. prices. So I kind of said, all right, I'm done. Let me try some clones. If we're, if we're going to talk about quality of clones for anybody out there who wants to buy one for scale build, um, obviously Chaos is on top of the line. I've never had any issues with them, and they're fully compatible with the line parts. Taro, T-A-R-O-T, they made mm-hmm. a really good one. Copter X wasn't too bad. I did not have good luck with the HK. The HK with the silver and red canopy, I mm-hmm. had two of those heads explode on me. And then EXI, EXI wasn't bad. So I think that's all the clones I ever tried. But as far as the higher end, and you're not talking that too much of a price difference, I definitely go with like Tarot or um, Chaos. HK, the one I had, I had a 250 and I had a 450, and I swapped out a good 30 to per- to 40% of the parts to put on higher quality line parts because the, the, the metal was warped or the screws were snapping. I mean, for 30 bucks, you get what you pay for. I have that EXI. I mean, I must have enough parts for three different 450s in in a box in my shed. And it's just, I have all the aligned parts. I have a fly barless head from my uh, Beast X because uh, the guy took that off the original head and put on an, an aluminum head and then gave me the original head still. So, I mean, it kind of got enough to piece stuff together, you know? And I, and I think any clone is going to be good for scale. The reason why I didn't have good luck is this was before my scale time. This was my line helicopter days, so I wasn't using mm-hmm. them for scale. I was beating the hell out of them as a 3D machine, and I, right. found, I quickly weeded out the crappy ones. But for scale... I don't think anybody's going to have a problem throwing in a Hobby King or just make sure all the parts line up and everything's nice and tight and locked tighted and, and checked over twice. I don't even know if I have to buy anything. I probably have everything. I have ESC motor pinion. I probably have servos too here somewhere. How far did you get with your fuselage? I mean, and where did you get it from? Is it like a heli artist off eBay or what did you buy? Ooh, I don't know where I got it. I know it wasn't real expensive. I either got that from Hobby King or from one of the cheaper chinese places i don't know what happened to those blocks those wooden blocks i remember piecing them together so i might have to come up with something for for those 
you can make those with thin plywood. That's all. I like I said, a lot of mine. Yeah. I just made my own blocks. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna either like three D print something or make it out of plywood or something. Uh, yeah. Well, if you're having fun with the 3D stuff right now and you never want to go down that route, bring it all out to our heli jam just so I can look it over. And if it's something you don't want to approach, that'd be another fun winter build I could do for you over the winter. Get it all set up with lights and get it flying and you'd have a nice little scale machine ready for spring. Okay. Cool. So um, what scale helis? Fly bar or fly barless? Uh, so fly barless. Back when I was teaching people how to fly and I got mm-hmm. into the scale, everything – was flybard and right. i was kind of the guy i was on the flybar train a year into flybar list i said i'm not going to change i'm not going to change and then i tried a b-stack and b-stack is great we've talked about it before it's not the mm-hmm. greatest flybarless unit out there but it's great entry level and mm-hmm. once i flew a flybarless machine both in scale and 3d night and day and definitely yeah. you know if you go back and fly a fly barred machine today it's squirrely and you're flying the sticks i mean you're flying the helicopter yeah. not the computer so mm-hmm. if you're going to spend money whether it's 80 bucks or two thousand bucks you want to go fly barless with the technology okay. today there's no reason not to right but I mean, you know what's cool too you don't have to do either in a certain in a certain way so that pantera i just finished that used to be an old fly bar nitro helicopter um, well, it's a Pantera Hellcat. It's a P6 I just reviewed. And that has a four-bladed rotor head, mm-hmm. scale rotor head. I'm flying that with a tail gyro. So I'm flying with no cyclic gyro control at all. So I wow. just set it up like a tail gyro. And, I mean, it doesn't lock in as, in the loops and rolls and stuff. It doesn't lock in as hard. So I'm, I'm doing a follow-up review in a few months. I'm going to put mm-hmm. a Neo on it and fly it with a flybarless system. Nice. But I know a lot of guys out there, old school guys, who yeah. are still flying. And you can't do it with a two-blade. You have to have at least a three, four, five-bladed head. But if you get a rigid setup, you actually can fly these without fly control. You do a normal tail gyro, and you set up with very low rates. But if it's three to five blades, you can actually fly it with no fly control system. And I've, I've proven it you know, months ago when I did that review on a Pantera. Wow. I didn't know that. That's crazy. Yes, yeah, it just it's sounds not, nuts. <laughs> it's not it's not as locked in, but if you're not doing crazy head speeds and the head's rigid, it mm-hmm. I don't know if it's the extra what's actually in the chemistry that's allowing you to do it. Um, but I think it's the extra blade and the extra lift. Cool. All right. Uh, anyone else have any other questions for the scale section, the main topic here? Anthony, you still there? I'm here, buddy. All right. I stopped talking about oxys and SAB, so Anthony went to sleep, I think. <laughs> no. No, no, he's waiting. Gonna... He, he's waiting to hear about multi rotors. <laughs> <laughs> that's next episode, Anthony. Next episode, we're gonna rich on. Now I think that's about it, boys. I mean, if okay. anybody has questions, mm-hmm. we'll put we'll put my link in the show notes at the bottom. But you know, as we talked about before, you go to my website, three D and Scale dot com, and if you go to my section that says builds and reviews, just scroll down to the page and any scale helicopter i've built if you click on a picture it brings you right to my facebook page and if it's one i reviewed you're going to have a full review and write up on it and if i didn't review it but i still built it you'll have the full build folder with all the pictures of the build okay and chris i i'm like googling uh stuff earlier on the web page the scaleflying.com which is rc aerodyne mm-hmm. and you see all chris Ryber's yeah page. all the uploads yes. like I'm, I'm looking at the belt <laughs> every page 222 and mm-hmm. The uploads from Chris Ribert. 
Yeah, my my buddy was getting into. He goes every time I type in scale RC helicopter, it's a picture of you holding <laughs> one of these or flying one. Yep. No, I was blessed. Cliff took care of me, and I, I got when you're being a factory pilot, you get to test and play with a lot of stuff. And I I was blessed for the opportunity because I got to fly and crash and test a lot of cool stuff. Nice. So awesome. I don't have all the answers in the world, but. If I don't, I Google it or I send you in a direction you need to go to find that answer. So guys out there who are listening, if you're interested in scale helicopters at all, though I'm not currently flying them, I still love them. And I'm, I love talking to anybody about it. So hit me up on my Facebook page or my website and we'll get you squared away. Nice. Sweet. There's a little bit of news I want to go over. Really just one news, thing. News, news, news. SAP. News. SAB news wake up Anthony he's going to talk about goblins (laughs) so I think at Roto Live uh, which is I believe in Germany um, they're going to be releasing their first Nitro and another helicopter which at least the teaser pictures looks like a a 600 size sport to me Um, and a new line of blades Thunderbolts that's really all I have. I really don't know anything about any other stuff. It's all off of Facebook. Um, as far as I can tell, the Thunderbolt plays. I don't know. You guys know anything about that? They have a different different tapered edge, so they're they're like yes. they're a different airfoil design. So you've got your original standard right. um, SAB blades, which were good, mm-hmm. but they're kind of squishy. Where a lot of people didn't like them, and they came out with the black line blades in uh-huh. the 2D, 3D, and uh, F3C style. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just I can think they're a variant of that. Just a different taper and airfoil and center of gravity. It's going to do a whole um, – and I think Kyle has a lot to do with it, with his flying okay. style. Right. Um, so I think it's – I don't know. I haven't seen Kyle in a few weeks, so I can't comment on it. But I think it's a new uh, 3D blade. So from the pictures I've seen, it looks like the blades off the 570. It has like that – you know, the, for the KSC, the, three seven, uh, the three-bladed head. It has that tapered end, like the last couple inches taper in a little bit more. Um, and then it has a little red coloring stripe, I guess, to tell the difference. Um, I mean, there's probably – the airfoil is probably totally different. The core could be different. The weight of it could be different. But just visually looking at the pictures, it, it looks very similar to the, the three-bladed black line, you know, 570 or was it 540 size. For the 570 KC. Yeah, and they, they tapered the tail blade too because SAB's mm-hmm. original blades had a tapered tip. Then they went to the square tip like we have on our 380s. Right. And now they're going back to the tapered again. So I think it's just evolution and, you know, not only the pro pilots but the, the public. And, you know, SAB listens just like Axie. They listen mm-hmm. to their customers and they're constantly on top of the marketplace with changes. So I think I think all together I think it's gonna be a combination with old school versus a new school black line style. Right. Cool. So who's gonna get their uh, nitro? No, no <laughs> nitro for this guy. No, no one. No, no pre-orders. Really toss up between you and Anthony. <laughs> no, I'm holding off. I can really? tell you, I can tell you this though, boys. That black thunder was yes. The thunder nitro. What is it? The black nitro or? It's Blue black thunder. nitro. Black, yeah. Black Nitro and Black Thunder. And Black Thunder, yes. The public will not be let down by what the Black Thunder is. That's going to be a really cool helicopter. I heard they uh, they named that after Dan Reed, Black Thunder. <laughs> yeah, dude, I heard that today. <laughs> Black Thunder Reed. That's kind of racist. Yeah, they were talking about it today. I was listening to the show for Monday. So the Black Thunder, I mean, 
that looks like a 600 sport to me. I, I mean, you know, just from the profile of it in that picture, the little teaser picture they put up there. Uh, what do you guys think? You guys you think it's a 600, 700 class? What do you think it is? I don't know, man. It looks like a, it almost looks like a six something. Sport. Right, like a sport though, right? Like with the, yeah. the angle down, yeah. Okay, so here's my question. I want to get a 570. Do I wait and get a 600? Or what's going to be the difference between the 570 and this, if that is a 600 sport? Well, a 570, no 570. 570 is a 600 class. Right, but this is going to be a 600 sport? Yeah, so well, this might run actual true 600 millimeter blades compared to a 570, which runs 570s. But, uh, I mean, it's. I think it's highly debatable as far as like 570 or even the old. Like we're not not looking at the Cal Stacy edition, just the 572 blade or 630 um, two blade. A lot of people, and then we could actually include the 700 too, because a lot of people say that like the 630 is kind of a wasted size because there's a lot of disc loading. It's very heavy for the blade size because it's almost like a 700. But it doesn't run a 700 millimeter blade, so it's it's just heavy. I don't know. Maybe it'll be a new size, guys. Yeah. What is the difference between like a sport and a non-sport? Like they have the 570, and then they have the 500 sport. I think it's just the the look, right? Like the the landing gear, the way it's pitched for. It's kind of like how the 380 500 sport, and maybe this one um, looks kind of like the speed helis, right? Compared to when you look at the other goblin lines, the competition lines of of the 570 and the you know 630 and the 700, it looks more of a the old school goblin look, like the original goblin 700. So it's not like what Oxy did, where they came out with the sport and it's just a little bit cheaper uh, in, in in parts. Correct. Yeah, SAB yeah. the whole sport term, it's just going by it's it's the same. So basically, the 500 SAB goblin versus 500 sport. A lot of parts are compatible. 500, 570 have the same rotor head, same tail assembly. Mm-hmm. They have uh, different booms, different frames. But um, the whole sport, in air quotes, it's a different style canopy, which is more set up for speed. And then right. uh, it's those flipper skids. Okay. Because yep. if, you, if you look at the guys who already had the sports, they're already putting on the aftermarket. Mm-hmm. Like, it didn't take long. The second SAB came out with those standard skids for the Goblin 380, I spent fifty bucks on them. I spent twenty five for shipping from SAB. I spent twenty five dollars for the skids, about three weeks before they even came to Heli Direct. So, it's just, the sport is just a term for the sport look. It's like the old Camaro SS. You know, it's, it's yeah, a package. Okay. It's the same. It's the same helicopter mechanics wise. Um, and I don't know if Nick Len ever did it, but he was talking about taking his existing five hundred and just putting the sport parts on it. Yeah, and I hear some people do it. You just have to, like, drill out a couple of holes or something. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I personally don't like the, the sport landing gears. I can't stand them. Like, that was as soon as I bought the 380 and, the, the you know, the traditional carbon fiber landing gears came out, I that was, like, the first upgrade. It looks cool for speed, mm-hmm. but if you're talking from a engineering side, they sucked because if you're in anything – other than hard ground or pavement, say you land in normal grass, mm-hmm. once that little flipper fin bit in, that thing was tipping over, and you're nailing your blades on the ground. Right. So I think I think with that, because those came out, the 380 style and, like, the 500 Sport, that came after the whole speed thing. The speed was right. the first mm-hmm. one that had the flipper skid. So I think they're just yeah. trying to hit another side of the market 
with a whole you know speed academic out there. I really didn't. I had to, at one point I had two 380s. When a 380 was released, I, I I bought two of them, and one of them had the flipper skids, one mm-hmm. of them had the standard skids. Mechanics, electronics, motor, everything was identical. You couldn't feel a difference. I mean, right. aerodynamically, it probably did something if you're doing it for speed, mm-hmm. but for me, and, and Anthony asked me you know months ago, hey, are you getting a sport? No. If if it came with the stock skids, and I said no at the time before they made the aftermarket skids, mm-hmm. I think it is ass ugly. Now Anthony, he loves it personally. Flipper skids, <laughs> leave them on a dolphin. I don't like them. Put them on a helicopter. I hate the flipper skids. Yeah, no, oh. I I don't like them. I don't like them at all. They they look they do look ridiculous. And I agree with you. The moment you you land in grass, it, there's yeah. a little hole in that part of the grass that you can't see. It is gonna tip on you. I mean, and not even that, like, I mean, I'm not the best, like, lander. Like, you know, landing helicopters, like, for me, when I when I first got the 380, I was like, all right, one hard landing, I'm cracking my canopy and my frame and my bottom plate. Like, I just feel like, you know, you have a rough landing, you're going to break so much more than a pair of, you know, $20 skids. So, to me, I thought it was also more of a a newbie kind of, you know, functional item of, hey, I have that little bit of extra protection when I, you know, dump it a little quick. I still have them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dude, you got to buy, buy a set of Lynx Aftermarket, man. They have a different look. Uh-huh. Um, they camp the helicopter a little bit more forward. So I think I did, I did a comparison. I think it takes – I don't know if they're wider, but I think it, it raised the tail fin off the ground like an extra half an inch or two. Okay. Well, half an inch or an inch, which makes a huge difference depending on the grass you're flying in. Mm-hmm. So try try the aftermarket ones, Kevin. You'll like them. Yeah. I'll, next time I'm got an order together and I need another whatever to get to a hundred bucks, I'll throw them in. One of the things um, I like the Cal <laughs> Stacy ones. I like the Cal Stacy 380 skids. I like kind of like how they pitch differently and the shape is a little bit uh, different than the, the regular aftermarket ones. Yes, they went with the traditional you know Goblin style. And I mm-hmm. like, like you were saying, they're wider in the back, and they kind of yeah. go like the. It's like a Formula One style. Yeah, yeah, um, kind of. But like they're, it. but they're still nice and wide and rigid, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Hey, the Sport came out with a carbon edition. I don't know if you guys saw that, which yeah. includes those skids. Yes. So while we're talking about skids, what do you guys think about the like the pipes? You know, the the landing gear and pipes, kind of like the Cost Stacy Seven Hundred version. Do you guys? Who's uh, making a cocktail? Think it's Anthony. <laughs> oh, he's probably boy. making some. He's probably making some like margarita or something. <laughs> no, that was me taking a sip of my soda with a little bit of rum in it. Uh, there See, you at least go. at least I hit the mute button when I take a drink. <laughs> oh boy! No, they're, they're, they're uh, we kind of briefed over this a couple of shows ago, but we never went into it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's 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 a look thing. They do when they first came out. Kyle and I were like, yeah, do we really like them? And within like two weeks, Kyle outfitted every one of his helicopters over to him. And, you know, he puts these things through the ringer. And he said he had so many hard skid bumps when he was doing the maneuvers or autos. Mm -hmm. He hasn't broken one set. He used to break the the style you had or you have, Steve, we're talking about the plastic competition ones with the carbon Mm -hmm. fiber skids. Those yeah. are sacrificial. They're made to break. Right. But but he said he skid bumped that new style so much, and he's never had any break or bend or anything. And I had them on my Kyle Stacey edition. I love them. They're nice and sturdy. Yeah, yeah. 
I feel like they're actually better than like for function over form. I think it's better than the carbon fiber skids just because like you come in for a hard landing or, or you know hard auto, and you, you you can break those skids, and then what hits next? Your blades, you know. Well, like I feel like those plastic ones would just kind of give a little and flex more. I don't know. Maybe it's just the, in my head. Well, they slide better too. The old style skid and pipe design being mm-hmm. metal, they give you some slide and wet grass. The problem okay. with the carbon fiber SAB ones because they're so narrow. They dig into the grass hard. I mean, we used to have fun. We'd go out to Kyle and I'd go out to the field in the morning or at night when mm-hmm. it's really dewy. We'd shoot an auto and we'd skate our helicopters a good 20, 30 yards down the field. You try that nice. with a goblin with carbon fiber skids, I don't know what the what's gonna happen. I don't know. We'll see. I think I'm gonna, <laughs> You're gonna try it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna try it. Um No no, because uh, I was talking to our club president about doing a heli event. And one of the things, um, you know, he was talking about, it's like, oh, well, what kind of events, what kind of things can we do activities-wise? So, you know, I was thinking, well, you know, we could do longest, you know, throttle hold skid slide across the runway. And, you know, I'll try with my my 380 for sure. Maybe maybe 570. I don't know. We'll see. But I was thinking of things like that, too. And I'll give it a shot. I don't care. Hmm. You know who will win that? Well, of course. <laughs> Ricky Cricky. Yep. And we talked about a lot of stuff. We're like, well, you know, if we did a 3D competition, I'm thinking like all the folks that are club members that fly 3D, and I'm like, yeah, we could automatically just give John John that, you know, or like he'll take that one. You know, Rick will probably take the speed one if we do a speed comp kind of deal. I just said, let's just have a heli day or whatever. You yeah. know, just go out there. And, I think we've done that before. Well, they did have a heli day a little while ago. I think, uh, when we first joined, it was like maybe a month after we joined. Right. There was a heli fun fly, but it wasn't like the traditional heli events that at least I've been to, where like you know, you have like pro pilots there and you do like you know demos and stuff, and then and then you know all the other folks fly around that time, you know, around the demo and stuff. I think it's gonna be like a lot of like members trying to, you know, bring out your old helis. A lot of them say, I always hear it. I go to the field and there's always one or two folks like, yeah, I still got my four, my 500 nitros just sitting there, you know? Yeah, Tony's and, always talking about us. And they don't bring mm-hmm. them out. Yeah, you got to bring them out. I guess let's move on then. So what will you guys be working on next? Let's go with, uh, let's go with Anthony this time. So I haven't heard him talk much. <laughs> <laughs> Sipping just... his uh, rum and Cokes. <laughs> Clink. <laughs> Clink. My bad. <laughs> nah, it's all good, man. It's all mine. I'm not sharing. <laughs> what am I doing next? Well, I'm probably still going to be dabbling in some more uh, FPV quadcopters. I actually have the Hive to build. Mm-hmm. Um, I also bought a QAVR. It's also like a 220 size that I'm going to be building. And, oh, then a, and uh, I'm really looking forward to doing a build night with you guys where we can sit down and uh, build these oxys, you know, maybe do a bunch of pictures or time lapse video or something mm-hmm. so we can post that up. I'm looking yeah. forward to that. But yours is built, dude. No, 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 <laughs> buddy. I got another kit there sitting waiting for you. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> so this is actually yeah. good because it would have been like two Tariq, Tarek, Tariq, Tarek yeah. editions, and then a sport. But now we have an Oxy 3 Plus, Oxy uh, 3 Plus TE, and then on Oxy Sports. So we got three different kits. Correct. But on mine, the on my on my stretch one, I'm gonna put the cube head and tail. So there you go. I've been looking forward to doing that. Cool. So yeah, awesome. and um, been like I said, I've been practicing a lot on the sim. I've also been trying to fly airplanes on the sim. I think I'm doing pretty well. So nice. uh, looking forward nice. for the field to open up and uh, maybe getting my pilot's license for planes. <laughs> I'll get the little. Hole punch in your card? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. All right. What about you, Chris? I've got, let's see here, Oxy Stretch from Anthony I Crashed. Um, like I said, I've got that pretty much back to a normal size Oxy. The head comes tomorrow and the blades come tomorrow. And the damage was minimal. It was a tail belt, skids, main gear, and basically it was all upper head assembly. Mm-hmm. So with the brand new head and the blades, they'll be ready to fly tomorrow. I'm going to start the unboxing and build video of the Trek edition. And then um, I'm looking at all these LED lights. Man, I scored these lights cheap on eBay. I've got five meters of white, green, red, and blue LEDs. Nice. It's $5.99 for five meters. So basically a dollar a meter. So I'm sitting on, you know, what is it, 20 yardsticks worth of LEDs. So once my whole fleet's up and flying, Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to put the flybarless system in that Pantera Hellcat, get that flying for upcoming review. And then uh, a couple weeks here, or a month out, I want to start dabbling with uh, these LEDs, start putting together a night build. Nice. Cool. So that, that's what I got. All right. And how about you, Kevin? I'm going to finish up that Corsair, or get it as far finished as I can. Hopefully, if the field's opened up, I'll have it ready to try it out. But I had to change what I was going to do because I thought Anthony started his, his Tariq or Tarek. And I was going to be like, yeah, I'll start building this board then. <laughs> I'll, ha- I'll have to wait now <laughs> on build night. But other than that, man, I've just been, you know, i got a couple of projects that I'm still working on. I have that middle stick I've been working on a little bit. Nice. And every now and then something pops up where I want to um, try it. I'm. So I might, I, I don't know, I might start getting ready to print out plans for the 200% Corsair, Ooh. but I want to see, um, I've been researching the hell out of retracts that size, uh-huh. like eight inch for under, like <laughs> I'm trying to get as cheap as possible. I'm like, I might, I might just like start making something. I don't know. And they're, you know, they're 90 degree rotating on the Corsair. Right. So uh, it's just been, been looking for that. And it's just been, it's been rough. Who did a 200% Mustang? Was that you, Kevin? Yeah. Yeah. That's not Retrex, is it? No. So what are you guys using? Like Dubro landing gear that you put on a big, you know, balsa plane? Yeah. To make it scale, it should have been five inch wheel. I had like a three, I think, on the Mustang. And I just got some, I don't even know what size diameter wire from the hobby store. And I just bent it up to resemble what the FT one was, normal size. I've only seen the one finished picture where Steve was holding it. That's on the website. Have you flown that plane? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Jeez, Steve's got a video. I got it all painted up. Yeah, the silver and blue. Yeah. Yeah, Steve's got a video from Flight Fest 15 
where I flew it around doing rolls and loops or a roll and a loop. I was yeah. looking for, I was creeping on your, your page. I'll look for, I'll look at that YouTube video when I get off, uh, when we get off the podcast, I was looking to see if that flew or not. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've flown that a, a number of times. That's almost, you go balsa wood size. That's almost what, like a 60 or almost a quarter scale size. If you were to go balsa on it. I mean, it's, oh, I don't know. It's gotta be, it's gotta be a 60 size equivalent. What's the wingspan on that? It's like 80 inches. Holy cow. All, all foam, all Dollar Tree foam. Yeah, nine sheets of foam, nine bucks. <laughs> nine dollars. <laughs> that is awesome. I'll and check out that video. What, how, what, 6S? No, I'm only flying 4S. Could you really? believe that? 4S. Wow. Yeah, I got like a 13-inch prop, and um, it's like a Power 60 motor. Power to weight ratio. I mean, it's not really powerful, but it just it gets up in the air, and it just floats. It's just like big sluggish like a wet sponge all up weight what do you think less than 10 pounds oh yeah yeah it's not too heavy it's like six pounds that is awesome i definitely want to check out the video yeah and i think when you flew it at uh this past uh flight fest weren't you like at most like 60 or 70 percent throttle yeah i was coming down after five minutes and what was i getting i i could have flown for 10 minutes i think yeah yeah i think so Easy. i think you were at like 3.9 or something or yeah or higher yeah is that a re- is that a removable wing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, they they join in um, like shear webbing. They kind of join in because I had to fit it in my Jeep. I was like, how am I going to get this anywhere? I kind of like did the fuselage, and I have these like little stubby wings that come out, and the landing gears attached to that, so it's you know all one piece, and then uh, the main parts plug in. See, that's that's my problem. When I finally get that quarter scale up in the air, I might have to bring my work van home because that's the only way I have it transported to the field. Mm. That that's got a nine foot wingspan on it. I know I had a picture of it at the field that was, I guess, I, I happened to take it at the right angle, and it really looks decent. It only I only say that because I probably could have done a lot more to, like, sanding it down and getting the – it's it's just spray painted. I, I put Minwax and, and used, like, um, silver paint on it. I mean, it looks nice. It came out all right. Well, I'll check it out when we get off here. Send, some, send me some pictures. I'll get it up on the website. Okay. Cool. Yeah, so that's it for me. I'm just continuing on. Keep chugging on because we got Neff coming up in two weekends, right? Yeah, I've been thinking about what I'm going to do for that. I'm I'm definitely going to bring the 180, and I wanted to talk to you about this. When we went to Neff that the last time, you know, I think that uh, Chris will probably can relate to this. I think that the AC coming into that building is a little hot or a little out of phase because yeah, my soldering iron was cranking red hot. I blew up a transformer for my little one-cell batteries. Mm-hmm. Yeah, your little, like, I guess, yeah, the one-cell battery charges for your UMX stuff. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to bring the stuff that's two-cell, like my Beast and the the Cub. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, for the one-cell stuff, can't you just charge off the E-Flight, like the one that comes in the, the box? You know, the little 4 AA pack charger that takes, like, an hour. But Yeah, yeah. We got so much other stuff to fly. I don't think, you know, we're rushing to fly the same little plane over and over again. So Yeah. So what are you up to, man? I want to fix up my Oxy, uh, my Oxy 3 cube. I've started tearing down the Goblin 380. So that's, I'm not going to be flying that probably until the summertime, I think. Oh, really? Yeah. But a quick, quick, uh, story about the 380, though. Um, Anthony, you'll get a kick out of this. So hmm. I got that motor, right? The Scorpion, uh, 3020 from Chris, 1000 kV. And I know I was talking to you, like, oh, what's your opinion today? He's like, <laughs> you should only go 22. Like, you know, Mr. Mel's calculator or whatever is saying 22 is, like, where you want to be. 
Mm-hmm. Of course, I just say, ah, screw it. I like head speed. Put the 24 pinion on there. <laughs> At the field, I, I I didn't even fly. like So I had the 2250, the, the bigger battery pack in there. I think... That thing came down at almost four four volts remaining on that pack. That thing was insane. Wow. Like yeah. I don't know what head speed I was running because you know twenty four tooth. I'm running four hundred percent throttle. Um, you know flat throttle curve on my radio, so no governor. That thing was screaming. I never had that much punch, like you know collective punch up and down, like ever. Like it was it was a monster. Dude, that motor is wow. insane, bro. And like with I don't know just the gearing and everything I mean I was like oh I, I think something's gonna just break like I'm just gonna rip the head apart and I'm like yeah let me land this thing you know I was it was even hard to get the tail tuned because it's just so fast it was oh my so god crazy. yeah he landed and he was like man I think I still got the uh, other pinion on this this thing is crazy and then he went back up and you were pitch pumping and it was like nuts man yeah it was it was crazy fast. The tail wasn't blown out or nothing. Uh, no, but it was just wagging, like you know, it was getting, oh. <laughs> it was getting I, some serious wag. Yeah, I think I turned the gains down like fifteen points, and on hard maneuvers it was still wagging. I mean, I was like down to on the DX9 with the icon. I think I was down to like twenty or fifteen on the the setting for the gyro, and it was just. Still wagging when I did anything, you know, with a hard collective uh, move or, you know, push. So, yeah, those yeah. are probably head speeds that you'll want to run doing a speed run or something, but then you'll need to speed up the tail as well. Right. You know? So, but you're nuts, man. I, <laughs> I, I told you, I was like, I, dude, you shouldn't even go any higher than 3,600 RPMs on that heli. I think I must have been running 38 or close to 39. It was just screaming. It was just insane. (laughs) Dude, you're you're nuts. I'm surprised the ESC didn't catch fire or something. (laughs) Yeah, me too. It's a Talon 90. It's not like, you know, a bulletproof ESC or like, you know. Man. I don't know. I don't have telemetry on it. I don't know what it did, you know. But that's why I was kind of like, let me be safe about it. Like, I kind of. What was the KV motor? One thousand. One thousand. Yeah, do the math if you if you have that. Real quick. <laughs> I'm doing it. I'm doing it right now. Twenty four yeah. tooth, six cell, one hundred RPMs, one twenty main teeth, uh, gear. Dude, you were running anywhere between thirty nine hundred <laughs> to to forty five hundred if it was uh, four four point two volts. It was four point two. <laughs> I started with a fresh pack. Oh, dude. Ew. So 4.2 volts per cell, it's over 45. And at 3.7 volts, it dropped down to just under 4,000. And I didn't even, like I told you, it came down to like 399, 395, like basically right at 4 volts. Oh, man. You need to change your name to Steve Turek Young. (laughs) <laughs> Holy crap! That is insane, Steve. You're you're off my list of people I see, I feel safe standing next to. How long <laughs> how, how long did you fly it for? Uh, like like a minute and a half, two minutes. Like yeah. yeah. I took oh. off and I was like, I totally forgot that I left a pinion on. So I'm just like, oh, this feels a little whoa, whoa. Look at the heli go. And then I, you know, me, you know, I flipped it and went right into a TikTok and I did a front flip and right into a TikTok and it, the tail was just going nuts. I was like, oh, let me land this. Threw it down like 10, 15 points. 
threw back in the air, <laughs> and it was still Man. doing it. So I was like, all right, I, I can't fly this way. I'm going to break this thing. You should have did a speed run. <laughs> yeah, I should have. I should have tried. <laughs> wow. Yeah. You, well, that 24 tooth pinion will do Kevin a lot more justice than you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, with the 900 KV I had before, the 24 was, to me, it felt like the nice sweet spot with that, uh, mm-hmm. that combination. So, um, yeah. But I'm going to, I'm probably going to get rid of the Scorpion motor. <laughs> okay. Because I really want to do an X Nova in there. So I think yeah. that's part of the upgrade path. Um, once I do a complete teardown, um, I'll do the X Nova. I don't know if I'll do the Tariq. If not, probably I might try it. Um, they, they whistle. They whistle? No. Nah. Yeah, no, nah, no. Nah. Nah. It's not the Tariq that whistle. It's the uh, Contronic. I know the pyro. Oh yes, yes, that's what it was. The pyro. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was a cooling. It was a shape of the cooling fins on the on the the motor, mm-hmm. and it, it whistled. It had like a turbine whistle. On yeah, the you know, I brought that. I brought mine up, and that's the one that Kyle Stacy actually was test flying for me. Remember, it was yeah, uh, yes, at yes. the heli. It was it was whistling, and I'm like, what the hell is this? I didn't like it. I got rid of it <laughs> because of that. So I mean, eventually I think I'm gonna replace all my motors with uh, X Nova. So I kind of I kind of like the the design and the look and the power and the, and just how cool they come down. That's like a big thing for me because I abuse my electronics. So you know, the cooler the electronics come down, the happier I am. So mm-hmm. so yeah. Besides that, um, I gotta start building. I gotta finish the FT Arrow. I I still gotta put the motor mount on there in the ESC. Um. So I gotta just I'm just gonna cut out a little plywood motor firewall and put that on there real quick with a you know two fifty quad motor, probably just an eighteen oh six. I think I'm not gonna do FPV on that, uh, especially for NAF because you know, what's the point? We're in a, a little football field inside, an indoor football field, so you three D printed me a firewall. Yeah, I have one of those. Um I guess I just gotta figure out how to drill the holes. Okay. <laughs> um I I feel like I could cut out one out of plywood because I have so much like the thin hobby grade plywood oh, okay. when I was making the FT firewalls before for the normal power pods. So yeah, I mean either way, well I'll figure that out. And I got to re- I'm gonna build a replacement mini guinea. Um, I really enjoyed that plane, but I feel like it needs to, you know, fit into my new color scheme of black and white. And you got like ten days, dude, right? You realize that? Yeah, I mean, well the mini guinea I built in three days, so. Oh, okay. So that plus, like now I know, like I've done it before, and you know, I think it'll be a little bit quicker to build that. So cool. Yeah, and then uh, I wanna, I haven't, I fixed the 180 CFX. I haven't flown it yet. I'm gonna probably just bring it outside to my parking garage and just do a quick test hover. And as long as nothing falls off of it or crashes, I'll bring it to, uh, I'll bring it to Neff. And then soon after, as soon as I'm done with Neff, I'm selling it. It's it's going up. I don't need to fly this 180 size anymore. I don't like. I, I don't know. I'm just outgrown it. So. Yeah, I kind of leaning that way myself. So uh, let's, I guess, Kevin. Yes, sir. Take us out here. All right, we uh, we have uh, a few more listeners in the world uh, of podcasting. I didn't see anything in the USA that caught my eye. Uh, so if I haven't mentioned you your state maybe drop us a line and let us know hey i'm listening and i'm from this state of mind but in the world i jumped out right as soon as i saw it was we have a couple listeners in pakistan i was like wow that's awesome nice 
Pakistan, Colombia, and Portugal. Those three jumped out as being new. Colombia. Colombia. <laughs> nice. Cool. Yeah, and we've had uh, some interest in the stickers since we said, you know, send us your your address and we'll uh, we'll send you out some stickers. Mm-hmm. Uh, one was our buddy Aaron Aaron Blake. He said um, that he would love to have a couple stickers and uh, T-shirts are welcome, too. That would be great. He said his commutes go a lot quicker listening to us. He said y'all, but I'm from the north, so I don't I don't really say y'all. Or What's wrong, y'all? I don't I don't I don't say <laughs> y'all or all y'all. I don't understand. I understand y'all, but I don't understand all y'all. <laughs> all you all. Yes, yeah, uh, that's kind of that redundant. One. Right, right. He, he didn't say that he wanted free fall RC t-shirts. He just said t-shirts were welcome. So maybe he just needs t-shirts. We'll send him a few. Large. <laughs> um, Instagram. There's been a lot of activity, and and forgive us if we you know don't don't get to you because. Um, we're looking at uh, other things, <laughs> but uh, Instagram. One of the more commented pictures was Chris's picture of the grass wrapped around his the head of his helicopter there, missing mm-hmm. blades and all that. And a bunch of comments on that. Too low, haha. Uh, damn, that took effort. Said Chris Sexton. Um, ouch, ouch. Center up for <laughs> hobby, and then Chris was like. Uh, Performing Purell funnels without a camp canopy and lost orientation. I was landscaping, guys. He was landscaping. landscaping. Yeah. I thought that's what I, that's what I thought you were doing because I didn't know that you were doing uh, pureting funnels, which caused that crash. I thought you were just cutting the grass. Well, I, I needed to dig a hole and put a sign that says "No Plankers." <laughs> so I, said, I, don't, I don't have a shovel. How am I going to dig this hole? I said, perfect. I'll lawn dark the oxy stretch. Perfect. <laughs> there you go. You are doing the job that. Most Americans don't want to do landscaping. There you go. I'm, I'm glad I can do a public service and have everybody laugh along with me. That was better than what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Kevin, you had to go into that. <laughs> All right. Um, so as far as Facebook lights, we're at a total of 129. Uh, we have just a couple this week. Chuck Boyle, Ed Johnson, and I am going to butcher this one. So a <laughs> Apologies in advance, Nor Maulana Sidik, 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 Sidik. I don't know. I don't know. If you say so. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we have some Facebook comments here. Yeah, these were posts with somewhere with pictures. Uh, actually, all three of them were with yeah, pictures. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So yeah, I'll take the first one here. So Fred, our friend Fred Provost, he had an amazing time this weekend. He got to attend the annual Perry Georgia RC swap meet. Uh, he had a picture posted, and this swap meet looked pretty intense. Like there was, you know, good couple rolls of tables, just like pretty far down with just a lot of stuff. And and one thing I noticed is there was a lot of scale helis on that front table where it was the closest, which was pretty nice. So yeah, I was gonna say that, man. If you look close at the front tables, mm-hmm. yep. Looked like a lot of big stuff there. Yep, yep. Um, we also have Steven Weinberg. He's He had a picture of his trunk of his car with, like, I think it was like four or five planes in there in a case. Um, he says, ready for a day at the field. Um, if you notice on the case, he posted, he put a, our Freefall RC podcast sticker on it. Nice. So, Steve was the guy I talked to at uh, the Ram show. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. wasn't sure if you were going to catch that sticker or not. 
At first, I didn't. Not going to get anything by Steve. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was I was uh, waiting to see whether you uh, caught it or not. No, nope, and I didn't. I didn't catch it until I think he mentioned it. Oh. So, my bad. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was like, cool. I don't know. For me, I was looking at the planes. I was like, all right, that's, you know, we got a couple of profile foamies there. Yeah. Nice, you know. So, yeah, I kind of concentrated on the plane more than the case. Um, but, yeah, I did notice it after. <laughs> and I was like, oh, shoot. Yeah, it's right there. Nice. Yeah. So I had to post a comment. Um, and then we got, I'm going to butcher this last name, too. Frank Moradelos. Yeah, that's it. Oh, cool. Um, and he, uh, which picture did he post? I don't think I saw this post. He had a picture of his um, of his jetty controller. Oh, right, right, yes. And he said, this is some jetty love for all you V-control homers. Homers. <laughs> I should have oh, changed boy. that. I should have changed that in the show note to V-control homos and see if you, <laughs> if you caught that or read that. Been like, what? You, because I didn't really notice this post, and, and you wrote this section in, I would have said that. <laughs> I would have been like, what? Oh, oh homos, okay. No. Thanks, Frank. Frank would have been like, yeah. listen, and going, I didn't say that. Oh, uh, you should have done that. Was, you know, I would have just read right <laughs> oh. off of this thing. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, you want to do the Podbean shoutouts? Yeah, since there's one, it's uh, <laughs> thanks, buddy. It's, uh, Pez, <laughs> Pez Marker is a uh, new listener on Podbean, and uh, I checked iTunes. We didn't have any more reviews. We had like uh, six people rate us though. Oh, okay. But only th- only to still the three reviews. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That, yeah, we'll take the rating. I know we're getting a lot more activity and a lot more, uh, you know, on Facebook and people have been um, emailing us and stuff like that. Javier has been emailing us like crazy. I don't I don't really think I read his last email. Uh, yeah, I read that one and uh, I replied back to him on that one. Yeah. And we, we are going to do a, a recap or a part two to the Wonders of Electricity show. Yeah. Because um, we butchered yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, we butchered some of it. But you know what? I mean, you know, this was to our limited knowledge. Like, we're not professionals in electricity. Oh, I'm not professionals in electricity. <laughs> uh, no, but, you know, like, that's not, you know, I fly these things. I run through the batteries. I charge them. You know, I have little tips and tricks, but I'm, I'm not a professional at this. So, you know, it's just a, a rough guide, I guess. But we're definitely going to, he, he gave us a, Quite a bit of feedback. Um, we're going to get Nick Simpson back on the show, who is currently still in school for uh, electrical engineering. So, um, which he, you know, corrected us. I think we mentioned in the last episode about the C rating. What yeah. was it again? Columbus? Colum- Columbus. Columbus. Yeah, <laughs> Columbus. 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 Okay. So, yeah. I'm going to have uh, to take yeah. some Advil when we record that one, man, just so I can get through it. I'm sure I'm going to ask like, the dumbest questions. Someone doing a scratch off, <laughs> dude. That was my cat. Anthony. That's my. That's cat, not me. Dude. That was your cat. That's the stupid cat. Hey, knucklehead. Oh, I heard someone gulping. Yeah, gulping. He should be gulping because I'm about to kill him. We're trying to record a podcast here, nitwit. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. Okay, so uh, drop us an iTunes review, and we'll read the review on the next episode. I do also want to mention that the Northeast Model Helicopter Jamboree is set for Labor Day weekend, which is September 2nd through the 4th. We're going to be there. 
So you guys better plan on being there too. Yeah. 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 Labor Day weekend, everybody's got an extra day of travel to go home, which is cool. Can't wait. Yeah, man. Um, we definitely gotta start planning that and fly fest and all these uh, things, all these events. Um, yeah, I'm gonna be broke, and I just bought a new car, so I'm definitely gonna be broke. Well, we might be able to get away with camping for the helicopter thing. The hotel's two miles from the field. Oh, or there and you the go. The rooms, the rooms are. I had at least ten, fifteen pilots that go to the hotel. I kind of like creature comforts of a, you know, nice shower and bathroom and you know all that stuff. Anthony, you did that, right? Yeah, man, it's nice. They got jacuzzis and all. What was the price of that? You stayed for what? Two two nights? I stood for one night actually. It wasn't that much. They got jacuzzis. Well, not in the room. It was downstairs. I love a nice bacteria <laughs> stew, man. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> oh man, yeah. no. Yeah, I don't. I don't do jacuzzis. Chlorine would <laughs> kill that, man. If the chlorine doesn't kill it, the four hundred degree water temperature will kill it. Well, it's, it's, I think it was like a real big jacuzzi they had downstairs and full of chlorine, so you should be all right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Anyways, I, I did have a question to you, Chris, about the, the helicopter jamboree. Is it just going to be scale and 3D like helicopters, or are there going to be any multi-rotors or anything like that? We're waving that right now. Our, our new president is here asked me if I want to do an FPV event, but right now we have another property down when we first come into rock quarry we're not sure if we want to do an fpv event we might do a separate event on another weekend for that okay uh, if i do an fpv event i'd have to shut down the flight lines and you know almost 100 registered pilots don't want to be sitting waiting to watch you know quads race around so right now it's just going to be helicopters only if we decide to build a course this summer i'll definitely let, let everybody know mm-hmm. but, br- I'm just, but, but, I'm, but bring them yeah i'm just looking out for you anthony i haven't seen you fly a damn heli in so long now bro (laughs) Uh, it's been it's been a while yeah he's a heli poser now what the hell i I took i took the i took the goblin with me the other day and it just stood in the bag (laughs) you didn't take it out he's like burned through a battery pack nope nope i was like oh man Take him off the call right now, Kevin. <laughs> no, because he might say, hey, Kevin, you want to buy that 570? All right, all right. So, um, all right. Well, we'll, we'll, well, let's see what they unveil first, Kevin. I'll let you know. Okay. <laughs> Wait, so are you still selling your 380, KC? Yeah, man. I'm selling, a, I'm selling that one. I'm selling the other 380. I'm selling a 500. I think I'm just going to keep the 700, the 570, and 1380. That's it. Okay. Nice. It sure and sounds like someone's gone to the dark side. No, 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 no. That's good, though, because you have your Oxy, you have your three Goblins. You yeah. know, you kind of got, like, all the sizes from 300 up to 7, so you have your range. So that, that's good. Yeah. All right. If you want to contact us, you can email us at freefallrc at gmail.com. Our Facebook page is facebook.com slash freefallrcpodcast. Don't forget to check out our website. It's freefallrcpodcast.com. Thank you, Chris, again for setting that up and running that for us. Uh, It's definitely been a lot of awesomeness and, you know, something that we didn't have to take on ourselves because we're already so busy as it is. So thank you. Yeah, thanks, man. 
Okay, and you could hit us up on the flight test forums, off the field, audio and video production, other than flight test podcast, and then free for RC podcast. If you want to get in touch with Chris. 3D or scale questions, guys. I'm usually good about replying back in at least 15, 20 minutes. Um, just go to my website, 3D and scale RC helicopters.com. And uh, there's a contact us page. You can send me email or go to all my other sites. Sweet. How about you, Anthony? Can you give some contact info? Yeah, sure. Uh, I can be reached on my PayPal account. Which is, uh... <laughs> no, I've reached out like five times this week to that PayPal account. <laughs> oh, I bet that. You know, just uh, leave, your co- leave your questions or comments in the comment section along with your payment. <laughs> no. For all no. your motor needs? Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Jeez. Oh. <laughs> oh, <laughs> No, I can be reached at anthonygarcia77 at msn.com, or you can find me on Facebook under Anthony Garcia. Um, that's about it. Yeah, so if you're in the market for a Goblin 380 or 500, mm-hmm. right? Yes, sir. Hit him up. electronics. So you got a DX9 still for sale? I'm surprised it hasn't sold yet. Actually, it sold today. What? Yeah, nice. I, I put it on eBay, and it sold within an hour. I told oh, yeah, nice. dude. When Facebook and forums fail me, I just put on eBay and it's gone. Well, the it's problem with the the problem with the Facebook is it's like a helicopter thing, you know. Sure. You can use that. You can use that for anything. Right. So. So yeah, I want to thank all our listeners and folks that are following us and supporting our Facebook page and just you know, leaving pictures, comments. Uh, if you want a sticker. Definitely message us with your name and address, and we'll mail some out. I've already mailed a bunch out, so and we still have a lot more. So I'm, um, you know, let me know, and I'll, I'll mail some off to you guys. So thanks, and uh, see you all next time. See you guys. See ya. See ya. Nice man. This is a, this is a part where Kevin says, "Fuck, it hasn't been recording." <laughs> <laughs> no, no.